All right, it looks like it's time for us to get started. Hey, hey, hey. We've got a big episode 30. We Holy crap, it is episode 30. Yeah, with a special, special guest. We do have a special guest. Welcome to the show again, CBH. How's it going, everybody? Nice to be back. It's good to have you here. It's cool that we're all like on the show together because we're like old friends at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we were before, too. That's true. <laughs> I, I feel like we've got him back on our turf now. <laughs> we uh, So he joins the ranks of people who have returned to the show now, right? Like, we've had... Yep. Who, who have we had twice? We had Ray Ray Barker twice. <laughs> well, technically, this is his third time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, because we did the live show. Because we did that's the live right. show. Right. That, that does count. That does. <clears throat> um, so this is season three, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is when that. I put on some weight and I grow a goatee. And this is unfortunate as the heavy guy who already has facial hair. <laughs> okay. I don't even want to know what my plot is. I mean, if you want to take that role, I could, uh, develop a drug problem. I, I actually, I'm pretty good at that one. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do the goatee. I'm sorry. <laughs> Literally impossible. So one of the reasons we are super excited to have you back on the show is that uh, it's been a pretty big week for news. There's been some smaller <laughs> things, and there's some, been some bigger things going on. And uh, we know people have a lot of questions. Um, you know, we'll get to the hate mail during the uh, the interactive part of the show. <laughs> Great. I mean, we have to address <laughs> we, have, we have to address the biggest news like right out of the gate, right? I mean, we might as well just knock it out of the park, and that is new monthly card. That's true. I actually absolutely. Really like I really like the new monthly card. Yeah, it's cool. It has a lot of flavor, and and I think the best part about it, of course, is that the familiars are wolves. So you right. got the wolf support, you got the support support, mm -hmm. uh, you got the life gain support, and uh, animal support, and that's pretty much it. That's all the support. That's a lot of support. Well, tokens now, really. But is it good enough? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Bruma profiteers, some tokens in there. Well, in the the new Crassius favor, like I kept mm, yeah. seeing that card and saying, well, I don't. I don't know if that's good enough to fit into traditional tokens, but right. now I think that having life gain on that actually might make it worth your time if you're trying to go the other route. Like I don't, I don't think that new support fits in the existing dominant archetypes of Crusader or Mage because they're finely tuned. But I think if you yep. wanted to do something in the like Monk or Spell Sword, Spell Sword really stands out because you also get Necromancer's Amulet. I think that that support card could potentially shine in like a grindy version of the deck. Yeah, well, the, there there were some grindy versions of that a long time ago, and I feel bad saying that this could fit into that deck because every time I've said that, it winds up being a bad card. But it could. Fit into that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what, you, what you said about it not fitting to ex an existing archetype—that's my favorite part about this card, right? I like—I looked at this and I was like, "Oh, I, this makes me think about doing something different and new." And I, I love mm -hmm. when monthly record monthly reward cards do that. Yep, you're already talking about monthly recording. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm 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 there. Like Tuesday, yeah. I've got my wolf army prepared. Yeah, I mean, I, I managed I'm... to uh, have a spell sword mirror today because of my 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 influence on uh, people playing awful decks, and I'm looking forward to the wolf mirror on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm also just looking forward to seeing what it looks like in premium because it looks really fantastic, and I like oh, that. Yeah. I like that the art on the card, um, and then when you pair it next to the familiar, how they almost like combine to create a single art piece. Uh, I'd yeah. like to see more stuff in Legends kind of do that, I think. I, re I really like when they play off of each other. That would be cool. Like, uh, like can you imagine an alternate art set of the Tribunal Gods where they're, you know, doing something together if you put them next to each other? 
I think that hey, would be cool. Can you imagine an alternate art set of the Tribunal Gods where we're all photoshopped on their bodies? <laughs> I actually oh can imagine that. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I can too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. If I if I could get an alternate art card, because somebody asked me like what would be due and yeah. We were, we were going through what already existed, and I think I'd settled on, I think Endurance is probably due for another one. But if I could have my own personal one, the more I think about it, I think it would be really cool to have an alternate art Imperial Reinforcements. And then when it creates the tokens in a lane, for that particular one, it creates four different art pieces, like for the grunts, right? That are all Ooh, combined nice. to one thing. I think that would be a really cool... That would be cool. Like, I would, yeah. I would pay cash for that. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, I'll pass that one along for sure. Then. <laughs> Furiously starts taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Silly Willie is, is talking about wanting to nerf Wardcrafter, but I was just thinking Wardcrafter is a sort of iconic card that fits in a variety of archetypes, so it would also be pretty cool to have as a alternate art option. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wardcrafter is definitely... Uh, when it comes to redoing premiums, uh, just know that I'm always talking about Wardcrafter because it sees a yeah. lot of play and... Right. Yeah, Wordcrafters. I mean, Wordcrafter people like in the community did talk about that card being a little too good a long time ago, but it's one of those cards that I think uh, you know just as more two drops got released and right. yeah, there's there's some good stuff going on now with two drops. A lot of cool ones came out in Morrowind. You yeah. know, one of my most downvoted comments ever on Reddit was suggesting that Wordcrafter actually be deleted from the game. <laughs> that is a strong opinion, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> like everything, I was totally serious about my my suggestion too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's extreme, but I've had that moment with many cards. Yeah, <laughs> I think in the moment it was more honest that I that I would care to admit, but that's where we're at. <laughs> uh, and and what you said about two drops is kind of cool. Like, um, we we've reached like a saturation point in the in terms of number of cards at each casting cost slot especially for the, the lower casting stuff where it's a, it's a real decision, like what you put in every slot in the deck. Uh, and I've really been enjoying like having that, those options as a guy who likes to build new decks. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the, the troublesome slots vary depending on the class you play. Like spell sword, it's a nightmare to pick your four drops, but then anything that I'm running with agility, for example, it's whatever the other class provides. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's fair. Absolutely. Um, so I, I want to before we we talk about the big thing, I, real quick, I want to ask what you guys' favorite uh, kind of off the wall like tier question mark deck that you've you've been you've had any experience with playing or played against so far in the last month n with new stuff in it. Off the wall tier question mark deck. Hmm. I I, I do want to have more time playing. I've enjoyed, and I think when it comes to off the wall stuff. I don't know what the uh, the established Dagoth deck is, but I've yeah. enjoyed the kind that sort of harkens back to the old Merrick decks and mm. plays like the Breton Conjurers and Markarth Bannerman and Atromancer. Absolutely. That's, that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get to use like Hand of Dagoth as another solid five drop in there. And I mean, I throw Dagoth in there. I don't care. It, it, it eats the... The reason you play it is so it eats the Hollow Death Priest so your Atromancer <laughs> survives. Yeah. That's the plan there. Dagoth <laughs> yeah, that, that's is fun. There have been turns where, like, it's been turn 12, playing Dagoth would have been, or 12 plus, playing Dagoth would have been a reasonable play, except, like, I would have lost if my opponent had Marak. <laughs> and it sat yeah. in my hand as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you have lost, though? And so, I ask that because the one, re one reason I actually enjoy Dagoth a little bit more than Tazcat in those scenarios is because he has Drain, 
Like, he should right. theoretically negate himself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and like, then you're just staring out on your opponent's Dagoth, and it's the thing you spent your entire last turn playing. Right. It doesn't feel great. The Dagoth deck itself <laughs> is, has a limited number of ways to answer Dagoth. <laughs> yes. Amazing how that works. <laughs> I mean, no, my favorite what... my favorite way to remove him so far is to get my enemy's health to zero. That's fair. Yeah. That is yeah. fair. I think I've only played it once, and I think it might have been an arena. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like the first uh, first Bethesda stream post the set's release, and I actually did get to play it in Arena. It's very exciting. Nice. And I've played a lot of Dagoth and Constructed, and I haven't removed it from any of the decks yet, and it just has not seen the light of day. I haven't played it yet either, and I've had it played against me mm -hmm. four times. So That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't think I've played... I think I've played him two or three times by this point. Yeah, to answer your question, Justin, my favorite yeah. to play, even though it's not new, I've been really enjoying trying new things in it, is yeah. still Ultra Assassin. Um, okay. I think that the, like, controlling version of Ultra Assassin, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, like, your ultimate endgame win condition is probably still, like, journey plus conscription, but nine times out of ten I win long before that ever even, like, hits the board. I just, right. I've just been playing it almost like Control Assassin that uses Ultra to generate value, and the new cards, like putting stuff in and taking stuff out and kind of seeing what works, you know, trying Genius Path, Path Mage. Um, yeah. Like I used to, for, for example, just cram in uh, Wisp Mother. But if I've got a night where I'm playing against a lot of control opponents, it's been a, a lot of fun playing Gentleman Jim in there and just like sticking it That's to the control card player. Played. Yeah. I, the more I play with him, the more I really like him. I understand that he's probably not good enough to make like a top yeah. tier deck, but it's so satisfying when I play him. I agree. He is fun. Uh, let me let's ask you about the question then about a card that I, I kind of makes me want to build Control Assassin. A Burn Clan Vampire, that, that uh, five drop in green. What are your guys' thoughts? So um, It's okay. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I feel like it hasn't been too difficult to play around whenever my opponents played it. Right. But I mean, specifically in an altered deck, it works a lot better because you can immediately get the value or something like that. But mm. I mean, if you're not playing a way to consistently sacrifice it, it can be a little hit or miss. I mean, what is that honest Saudi card that he made? The honest Houses of Marwin card? Right. Uh, where the effect was uh, summon, choose a creature, and last gasp was wish you had chosen a different creature. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, so my biggest problem with him so far has been. Uh, a couple of things, but really it just comes down to when I'm playing Agility, I'm either playing the Curse Package, in which case the Leaf Lurker ends up just being better, right? Because it's immediate. Yeah. Or, in the case of Alter Assassin, um, I still prefer Leaf Lurker over Burn. I tried Burn for a bit, but I prefer Leaf Lurker because it happens on Summon, and yeah. I don't, like, usually with the Alter... I sacrifice something, you know, to bring him into play with Alter, and I don't have the ability to, like, play him and immediately sacrifice him with Alter, and waiting a turn is often too long, I'm finding. I think that it'll shine if I'm ever running any sort of control deck that doesn't run the curse package. Um, yeah. You know, if I... I haven't played, say, like, Control Monk in forever, but I would consider trying to run it in that just to test it. I don't know how it would perform, but... I think that's the biggest problem so far for me has just been Leaf Lurker's immediacy, even though it's slightly more difficult to set up, and even though technically the burn has the potential to generate a two-for-one, the yeah. 
the immediacy of like I get to remove this and now is oftentimes still better for me. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <clears throat> Somebody says it's Bernie. Well, okay. Yeah. Now that I know, I hope it actually is pronounced Bernie, and that I've a been slaughtering pronunciation this long, and b I I now will build a deck and name it Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> no, I think you had it right. I think you had it right. So and I'm, I, I'm never wrong with pronunciations. CVH, I know you missed last week's episode. Uh, I believe we spent a good 10 or 15 minutes explaining the plot of Weekend at Bernie's to uh, <laughs> to Griffin. Good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> he, he couldn't believe that that was a real movie that we had both seen as kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Non, Non-spoiler uh, Avengers thing that hurt me from yesterday. Um there's a there, there's a line i haven't seen it yet yeah, no yeah, there, same, no same. yeah it's non non-spoiler there's just a line where somebody refers to the movie aliens as old and it both made me laugh and then i went oh i'm sad because like it is an old movie it's like over 30 years old but that means i'm old because i feel like i just watched it is it uh, well, yeah dude, it came it came out in 86 yeah all right <laughs> Justin's like, guess I'm old too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just one of those like, haha. Oh, I made myself sad. Yeah. So, yeah. No, no spoilers. Everybody respectful and yes, uh, in chat. I, I will ban the shit out of people who spoil the Avengers movie. Yeah, in chat. that's it, fair. It is. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, right, right after Charmer explains to me how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a mod, but I don't understand how that works. He knows. Don't test him. <laughs> yeah, no no spoilers, guys. <laughs> um, All right. I think yeah. I think we should do it, right? We got to rip the bandit off. We do. Okay. We, we had a patch this week, right? Yes. Yeah. So if, if people have uh, been on vacation, locked in a Fallout bunker... And you've just now come out, and our podcast is the first thing that you are consuming in terms of legend content since that time. Sorry. I don't know <laughs> that one guy out there for whom that is exactly true is just like, yes, uh, this part's for me. Uh, it came with some balance changes. Uh, Nick's Ox now on summon just generates five Magicka instead of six, and Manticora joins the incredibly long list of cards that has now been nerfed twice. Manticora no longer has guard. Right. That incredibly long list of two cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it just well, just two? It's just Manticora and Hiscrove, right? Uh, Hiscrove. Oh, I was okay. It's actually three because Solaris Marshall. Yeah, Solaris Marshall was of, the one I thought yeah. of originally, and somebody reminded me of uh, Hiscrove. Yeah. And that person was just you, yeah. His crew was nerfed uh, twice. First time to proc at the uh, start of wow, turn. the start of your turn. That is it, that is pretty crazy to think that at a time you could just play a three magic of his crew and yeah, eight eights just appeared. Yeah. Or or even better, <laughs> more than yeah. one three mana his crew, as often was the case back then. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, you're going to ramp anyway. Why not just like save them so they couldn't be removed and do some eight eights? For low price of six magicka, here's thirty-two attack. Before, like, to lead up to this, what when, what was the last balance patch, and about when was it? What happened in that one before this? That's a good question. It feels like it has been a while. I think it was the one where Hisgrove was nerfed to yeah. four magicka. And Hisgrove, yeah. Thorn Hist Mage, and... uh, Thieves Guild Recruit, and Unstoppable Rage were right. a little tiny adjusted. Unstoppable right. Rage gained a cost. Thieves Guild reduces stuff less. 
Um, I might be forgetting one, but that was the general idea. So it seems to me like the reasoning that was offered for this balance patch was similar to the reasoning that was offered for for those, right? Where like it wasn't like that these decks. Had oh yeah, sorry. Shunar also mentioned House Carl and Outpost because the mono red was a big thing back then. Oh yeah, I forgot so, about Outpost. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you look back at like Hisgrove is the, is the funniest one because of how like if it was at its original release version now it would still be played in, you know, every, you know, it would be all over the place. Um, you know, not, and that's even accounting for the additional cards we've added to the pool. You know, people are running much more refined lists than ever before in some senses, but, uh, outpost is t at two is something I totally forgot about. And I'm yeah. super glad it got changed. Um, they're also mentioning the journey rework as well. Oh yeah. I think yeah, that yeah, came yeah, after. Yeah, no, that's true. That was, uh, yeah, so that's yeah, I think that was by itself. Yep. Yeah. That so Nixox and the Manticora losing guard. Um, have you? Did you guys play some with the Nixox combo decks? I did. I actually did not. Very very little. I played a couple games max. Mm -hmm. I, I did. I try to watch uh, people who were playing it though. Yeah. Um, Charmer, what was your experience like with that deck? Uh, I did not have nearly the experience that some of the veterans did with it, and I. I had a really good win rate with it, even in my short time. And there were a couple of games I I definitely lost that were due to my play and not to the deck because, like, yeah. I did math wrong or something. You know what I mean? So right, it, right. I felt like it was very, very strong. Um, that being said, after because, like, all things, right? Like, I played it, and then I thought to myself, okay, like, how do I beat it? And afterwards, I feel like there was probably one or two decks that would beat it pretty consistently. Um but that's but that's it and both of those decks would have been heavily like tilted in favor of beating that and i don't know how they would have stood up against the rest of the field right so uh warrior for example is one that people would frequently mention because of withered hand cultist and garnag but i think you'd even have to go a step further i think hallowed death priest wrath of sithis things like that would probably also be necessary just to consistently disrupt them um but yeah like i I felt like it was a very, very strong deck at the time. Yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was my experience with it, too. You know, I, I spent a little time losing a whole bunch to the turn timer. Well, first, because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I started losing the turn timer when I couldn't do it quickly enough. And then I started just winning. <laughs> like, way more than I felt, like, comfortable with, you know? I, even I don't know. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like, I, I loved the idea. Like, uh, it was cool to see, you know, this pile of cards interacting in this way. Like, it was the sort of thing that I wish I'd thought of myself. And uh, going off with it the first dozen times was pretty novel and, and fascinating. And then once, like, it got to a certain point, like, it started to get to the, like, it just didn't feel, it, it felt oppressive to me, honestly. And I know that Maricon talked about how the win rate wasn't there on the ladder and stuff like that, but I, I feel like that, in my my inclination is to believe that that is the result of people not just taking the time to figure out exactly how to play it. I think it's... yeah, it's also interesting to think about like how those win rates are are actually scored, which I'm not sure about. But uh, you know, in Hearthstone, when you look at those really drawn out snapshots that the the websites create based on what decks people are playing, those yeah. are like automatically 
created based on like a certain set of cards that the app has learned equals a certain deck. So like if I was using something like that and I play Scouting Patrol and Pit Lion and Divine Fervor, that's going to assume that I'm playing a token deck. Okay. Uh, so maybe it's taking into consideration when rates of decks that aren't necessarily focused right on the combo, right? Maybe because like who knows how many people are actually playing the dedicated right. uh, warriors or whoever created it. I don't know. I know I need one of the, one of the people created the the, the the assassin list that was dedicated to that combo. Right. And uh, I mean, if someone else happened upon that and they were like rank eight to twelve and and like just learning the game, that was that would not go well. For, for yeah. obvious reasons. There, there's also the the interesting thing to me in terms of not just win rate but representation. Um, I saw a lot of people who just flat out, you know, whether it was in my chat or on Reddit or wherever, say I refuse to play it. Right. So it's it was one of those like, yeah. you know, I think it's silly, and so I'm taking this like moral high ground of I refuse to play it, and I think that in many ways that also kind of contributes to, you know, some of those numbers like yeah that's interesting because i think i might have only played against it like once yeah. if at all in the last because i played a couple hundred games this month and i, I yeah. don't think i mean i think the one time i played it i had a good matchup but i don't think i played it more than once and i know people in chat have said didn't really hit it on the ladder we've seen it in tournaments uh but yeah not a whole lot and of i it. don't like i don't know if it's necessarily just all because you know moral high ground but also is it even was it even the best ladder deck like it, it was the, the highest power level objectively but on the ladder like the fact that you can't complete everything 100 percent of the time yeah. and i mean that 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 is significant yeah there's that <laughs> i i guess moral high ground is like some of it but there's also like a boredom like i know warrior was in my chat for example and he basically said like you know, I'm going to stream tonight and I'm not going to play Nixox. And he's like, I'm, I'm just bored with it and I can just go ahead and turn around and win with it whenever I want. Like, he was legitimately saying, like, I'm going to go try other things and then if I need to win, I'll just play Nixox. And then, like, two nights later, I watched him and he was again not playing Nixox, but he was back up to, like, number two or number three legend or something. And he was like, yeah, I went, like, 17 and one earlier and I don't need to do it, so now I'm playing something else. Like, it was just one of those... I, you know, I feel like that le leads at least somewhat to some of the representation issues because there were some people that didn't want to play it because of a moral high ground, some people who didn't know how to play it properly, and some people who may have been the best at playing it, and even they didn't want to play it. Um, right. So sometimes, uh, like, the numbers are going to be a little bit skewed as a result. I think that's totally fair. Um... It, it, the question I kind of like that I have to I wrestled with myself since that deck came out and I like I was kind of a little surprised by my reaction was like what I feel like the role of combo decks is in this game you know um, somebody asked me about it on Reddit and I I started thinking about it and I gave an answer that I mostly holds true still to where I'm at right now but uh, I realized that it's it's a, a crappy opinion that I have which is that. I don't mind if people can do really degenerate stuff as long as it's super inconsistent. And I feel like that's not the best attitude to have, but it's the one I'm kind of like stuck with, unfortunately. I was wondering how you guys feel about that sort of thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know. I've, I've heard people argue that certain combo decks, uh, I, I'm talking strictly on ladder because of turn timers, because right. shortly that's not going to be an issue because friendly challenges and therefore tournaments will have turn timers as it maybe should have been for a long time, but, you know, we're getting there, guys. <laughs> so the way the decks are intended to operate, I have never felt particularly comfortable queuing up a dedicated combo deck on the ladder. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, if I if, if I was strictly worried about win rate, I never would have queued up Steelers Secrets OTK. Right, right, right. And you know, things like Leaf Water Blessing OTK don't even work without unlimited turns. And Relentless Raider, like it, it never. Some people would say it's very consistent. I never really thought it was. Like I never thought it was ladder worthy consistent. Yeah. And and that's interesting because those are the ones that actually have built-in win conditions. Like the closest thing to a combo deck I've ever really wanted to play and thought was good were item decks. And I mean, the basic win condition is things get large and you draw a lot of cards, but like, yeah. there, there's no there's no killing in the combo. The combo is just like amassing crazy value. And yeah. your opponent will always have at least a turn to respond to that, which they can do very well with cards like Mummify, Cast Into Time, A Simple Prophecy. Yeah. Uh, and, and like until Journey of the Sovereign Guard was released, that deck wasn't even really feeling that good because then you just draw a bunch of cards and then everything's even larger and then you just sort of outgrind them in value. So I don't even know if I'd call it a combo deck so much, but right. yeah, it's really interesting how, how you can limit combo decks and actually, uh, will they will they actually see competitive viability without right. being oppressive in a, in a game with very limited interaction on your opponent's turn? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm biased because I like combo decks. So uh, to me, like I'm okay with them existing as long as they like adhere to adhere to whatever the like socially accepted like length of a game is right and what that is i don't know that that's that question i posted justin uh, two or three weeks ago now in the podcast which is yeah you know when when do you think it's okay for games to be closed out right because well that's the interesting thing because nixox was uh pretty good at closing out games before turn 10 <laughs> right right it's yeah, one of those like bit. you know aggro decks uh, let's be honest they catch a lot of hate from a lot of people uh but they they do try to close out games at like turn seven and then you've got your control decks that even if they're not like winning nine times out of ten they know if they've won or not by around you know turns 10 through 12 right um yeah. So, like, when is it okay for a combo deck to to win? Because I think the big difference is is that, uh, you know, aggro, mid-range, control, a lot of times you know when you've won. Like, there's a pretty general feeling of, like, I've got this on lockdown, you're just going through the motions at a certain point. Mm. Um, but it's the sort of thing that happens over time, right? Like, the aggro deck, yeah, they rush you down, but they, they did it over a series of turns. The control deck, yeah, they stalled you till you ran out of cards, but that happened over a series of turns. Whereas, like, the combo deck feels like a like oops i win thing now it's obviously not oops it's very clearly like they had a game plan and they executed it it's uh, just that they were they were just playing solitaire you know that's the thing about the nixox combo deck though it's like after you after i played with it a bunch like i would just start trying to go off with states where like it wasn't guaranteed to go off and you know you could because if you chain together elfric's uprisings with a thieves guild recruit and a camel on board there was a reasonable chance you could end up going off you know like you really could yeah. oops I win with that deck <laughs> i mean you could but i guess my point is is that you know if as long as a combo deck isn't doing something in my mind like you know consistently winning on like turn three or four or something silly um yeah. you know if it's if you get a combo deck that can consistently win by like turn nine or ten i'm gonna be honest like i'm okay with that because there's a lot of decks that consistently win by that turn anyway so I guess that's my yeah, stance. And like, combo decks also have the uh, the added, well, the added problem of having to have specific cards to win turn nine or ten. So yeah, if you can make it consistent by then, but you're still hard countered, like hard countered by Withered Hand Cultist, Hallowed Death Priest, or whatever applies to the combo deck you're playing. Yeah. And of course, 
then you just might not draw the right cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That is that is the big thing because an aggro deck doesn't care exactly. It doesn't need to draw exactly Rifthane or exactly Pit Lion. It just needs to play stuff, and that stuff needs to attack. Right. Yeah. Uh, Furion brings up the, something that I've been talking about actually on Discord lately, which is Unite the Houses. It says you can win with Unite the Houses on turn three. Obviously, that deck is broken. You can actually somebody posted a way on Reddit to win with Unite the Houses on turn two. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very like your opponent has to play exactly Mournhole Trader in exactly the wrong lane, so yeah. good luck. But yeah, it's possible, and yeah. I think that's cool. You know, I think we'd yeah. all look at a highlight of Unite the Houses on turn two and be like, oh, oh yeah. okay, we can upvote this without you know going to right. hell. Exactly. <laughs> and and that comes back to my what I said initially, right? Is that like, I'm, you know, my theory is that like there should be like really silly things that you can pull off in this game that uh, appeal to a certain kind of player, right? Like somebody who's going to lose 10 games so they can do it in that 11th game. And I, I, I think that's where I like uh, combos to be at, personally. But, yeah. will we ever, but will we ever have a combo that's uh, better than that 10% win rate or whatever it is? Like, do you yeah. think it's okay to have a combo deck that is actually something that people unironically bring to tournaments and doesn't just get them creamed? I do. Because... But again, I'm biased. Like, yeah, I, I'm a Dragonstorm kind of guy, you know? I think I think the closest we get to that right now, like in terms of decks that already exist, is I think that Ring of Namira Monk has some, some reasonably good matchups and has some bad matchups, you know? like I Yeah, think but that, that's interesting, too, because I don't, like, it's a combo in a deck. But the exactly, deck can very exactly. easily function as Control Monk. Right. And, yeah. And then when win all of its aggro and mid-range matchups as control monk and then Right. Yeah, but but maybe that's maybe that's fine. Maybe that's a lot of the reason the decks are 50 to 75 cards. So you can also play 100 if you really want, but right. 50 to 75 cards. <laughs> I, I haven't done the 100, 100 card singleton yet, but it's on my list. <laughs> I have too many like decks that I want to play right now and not enough time. Immortal King asks, is there any plan to change the animation for Unite the Houses to make it unique? As far as I know, I haven't heard of that, but uh, I will pass that along, and uh, it could definitely happen in the future. Animations are never like completely set in stone. Yeah. So that's cool. So before we move on to the other half of the balances, <laughs> um, yeah. do you guys, in the short time now, think that the the move to five is going to prove to be enough? Because on the one hand, it looks like it got a slap on the wrist, but like, my general opinion is, I think that it is a bigger nerf than it looks like on the surface. Just like I felt like the nerf to, like, Imprison, for example, was bigger than it looked on the surface. Um, going from 6 to 5 is a big deal in my mind because Doppelganger no longer generates you value and all of your other uh, pieces, let's say, right? A Night to Remember, Darker Birth are all minus 1 as well. So, I'm not saying that you can't do the combo, right? I'm just saying that it's a little bit harder to get things off the ground or started just by going down by one. But is it enough? Yeah, I think, I think honestly, it'll probably uh, fix the problem, which is like this is dominating and, and like kind of unbeatable at a certain point. Uh, it does affect the math pretty significantly. It was fun to talk about this to different people in the office because we were obviously having meetings and stuff when we heard the, the changes and, you know, like, do you think it's enough? Do you think it's enough? And, and like, Sure, you might think on the surface it's just oh, it delays at one turn, but like it affects every piece of the combo. Like every time you yeah. play a Dark Rebirth, every time you play Doppelganger, every time you play Ulfric's Uprising, that's like one to two less Magicka you're gaining with like depending on how many Nyxoxes and, and copied ones are there. So yeah. 
speaking as someone who did not play the combo, uh, I would expect that if I played the combo deck now, it would function pretty differently to how it functioned before, but probably still playable. Honestly, I think the, uh, that I've said it before, but I think the turn timers that are upcoming in an upcoming game update uh, will be definitely affecting the deck even more. I think that's probably what just needed to happen. I think, I mean, we've even seen before how even worse combo decks like the Leaf Water Blessing OTK, right. which, you know, that's that's a lot to happen in one turn. <laughs> that, like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's a lot to watch for viewers too. And like, there's many reasons why <laughs> turns should not be five minutes. There's yeah. so many reasons for that. And, and these, com <laughs> these combo decks are really a big one. <laughs> but there are other reasons too, but this is also a good reason, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it will remain a combo deck that can easily just crush certain decks. Like, you could sure you could play it, like, if it becomes, like, a control mage meta or something. Yeah. And, like, they're just dirtling and not really doing anything. You're just, you're just playing your little float and thieves guilds and merchants camels, and you can go off with Nixox, and it really punishes a specific matchup. Sure, right. but it shouldn't be, like, ultra-consistent. I don't think it was, like, ultra-consistent on ladder. I do think... That like you know withered and cultists strong aggro curves so of revenge uh hallowed death priest we've seen people already start to adapt to it and people were probably just going to keep adapting if it did see a lot of play but yeah. the timer and those counters were holding it back somewhat yeah. uh but but yeah i think i think it'll probably uh wind up as a sort of a niche deck but can definitely still take wins i assume because there are matchups where that kind of explosive turn just wins but it'll be hard it'll be hard yeah, I, I, the very first deck I played after the patch was, was the same combo deck that I had the day before, and uh, I lost six in a row and decided that it wasn't worth my time to try anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I pulled it off against the AI once, and uh, it was so much more like difficult than it. It, I think it was a really successful nerf. And to be honest, when I, when I first saw the down to five magic instead of six, I was like, oh, this is this is nothing. And uh, in practice, it actually turned out to be yeah. Good. It, I mean, it looks like a slap on the wrist, but there's so much, like, subtle nuance into that. Like, 6 to 5 is a big deal as well, because you can't, you can't, for example, with a single Nyxox, play Uprising to trigger other things on the board, and then play a second Uprising, right? Like, if you had Nyxox, and then a bunch of card draw stuff, like Justin was talking about, where maybe you're just trying to dig to go off, you yeah. can't Uprising and then play a second one, plus whatever else you've drawn. Right. So, like, there is... There is kind of a lot in going from six to five, so. Uh, I, I feel like this is the appropriate time to say, repeat something I read on Reddit, which is hilarious, which is, uh, you know, we're, you just said slap on the wrist. And it reminded me that I saw someone say that uh, while, you know, Nixox was uh, guilty of the same crime as Manticora, he, he got community service and Nixox got executed. Or so, Manticora. Or Manticora, I'm sorry, got executed. So I was wondering what, uh, how we feel about the Manticora nerf. Well, uh, just a sidebar really quickly. People are talking about Withered and Cultist. That card's probably never getting changed, so do not hold your breath. I do not want to be on the hook for that. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah it, it's probably going to be probably going to be fine. You got to think there's a lot of very creature... Or First of all, it's a creature-oriented game. Creature combat is sort of the backbone of Legends, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of very, very creature-oriented decks out there. And in those matchups, you are playing Imperial Legionnaire. Right. And that might be like, oh, it's at least Imperial Legionnaire, but... 
you're not playing that card in your constructed deck for some very valid yeah. reasons. If you happen to open with two against Control Mage or something of the sort, you should be highly rewarded because you are playing a very specific tech card and you did happen to draw two of your three ofs in your 50 card at least deck. So I right. see no problem with it. I've never heard the devs say anything about it. So unlikely to be changed. Uh, Manticora. It was a shock, honestly, because, you know, if you guys don't know, not on the dev team. Don't work with Direwolf. Uh, right. I got sent the nerfs, granted, early, but I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> this is uh, not exactly what I was expecting from the patch. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of, I'm not going to say I'm easy to please because I've complained about things before, but I, I just like balance. I like the change part of balance changes. You know, I, I just like when yeah. things are different. Uh, I personally, like, that, that's a lot of the reasons I love set rotations. Yeah. You know, just bearing for like the, the massive comments against set rotations now but you know one of the coolest things even when i don't like a meta is that knowing that it is going to change at a certain time yeah. uh regular balance updates even if some of them don't work out or have unintended effects like there'll be more in the future it'll be okay and then like obviously there's a there's a risk to doing set rotations or very very frequent balance changes but mm. you know if something change if a card that i love and i did love manticora made premiums a long long time ago if a card i love has changed then Okay, well, we'll just see. We'll see what happens to these decks that, that it goes in. We'll see if their other yeah. card. It'll, first, we'll see if it's still good. We'll see if its utility changes at all. In the case of Manticora, where I think it might in fact be bad now, we'll see what else takes its spot. You know, there's a lot of cool cards out there that don't necessarily see play, and I don't think nerfing Manticora, even if it does kill the card, which is uh. a strong thing to say. But even if that were the case and Manticora were deleted, I think Control will survive, and I think it'll. I think it'll be cool to see. Um, well, let's see. Manticore was 6% of all control decks for a year and a half. Yeah. That's that's nuts when you think about it like that. That was Absolutely. three cards in every single willpower control deck, 50 cards for a year and like more than a year and a half. Yeah. 6%. Yeah. Like, totally at a certain point, like, it's okay if that changes. And a lot of people talk about the other staples like Lightning Bolt and Piercing Javelin, but that wasn't the only reason, obviously, is that it's a staple. But yeah, it's not. It is interesting that it was a staple that was targeted for the other reasons they presented in the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally like agree. Like I've run into some of the most interesting tribunal and mage decks since the nerf that I've ever seen, because I think it's spurning innovation in all sorts of directions. And it, it, the innovation may be an overreaction, but it still is creating change. And I love diversity in this game. Well, I'm going to throw this out here before I go on my big long monologue on the changes. Um, nice. <laughs> I've only played against Tribunal Control once since the nerf, and it looked yeah. like the identical list of the old ones, and I lost really? to it. And I really? lost, yes. And I and I lost to somebody playing Manticora. Like, I don't think the card is dead by any means. Um, my, it's less most... efficient, but it's still really, like, it's still a 6-6 six, six that blows something up. And, and I mean, that's control. the thing, right? And, like, I don't want—I don't want to say anyone's like blowing things out of proportion because that's part of the fun when things change, is to like yeah. see yeah. if things are actually changed. But like, yeah, when uh, when Thieves Guild recruit got nerfed, everyone said, it was, "Well, I'm not saying everyone, but every card that's ever been nerfed, people have yeah. said it was straight up dead." And yeah. in some cases, that happened. You know, Slaughterfish kind of died. Yeah. Uh, you know, not Dark Rift kind of died. Some of them I don't miss in the slightest. But you know, some of them was like Unstoppable Rage is dead now. Yeah. Clearly not. People were like, "Oh my God, they nerfed Journey. Now they made like a fun card horrible because of a combo." But like, right. I, I think I just heard people asking for a Journey nerf like yesterday on the official stream yeah. too. So right. I got yeah. another one. Manticore so, is interesting because in my mind, the first of all, I'll start with uh, the effects of how I feel about it. Right. Like in my mind, it really only hurt one matchup 
like super bad. And that was your control versus mid-range. Because against true aggro decks, by the time Manticore is coming down, you've probably already won, right? Like Manticore, yeah, yeah, you got those fringe games where you you got the fringe games yeah. where you need a guard and then the removal. But yeah, against mid range, because mid range usually packs all of its punch into one dense threat. Like they play belligerent giant. Right. Yeah, you need right. a you need to remove that specifically. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's interesting. Like against aggro, like you want to win, in my opinion, like long before the Manticore is saving you. And against control, it still nukes something and puts a big threat on the board that the opposing control player has to deal with. So, like, I think it's just as fine still in control mirrors. I just think that the big yeah. the big thing is, like, in a mid-range game, a lot of times mid-range is just trying to play, like, high-value threats. And in the past, you could play the Manticora to nuke one of their big things, and then whatever it was they played a turn or two before, yeah. um, it was guarding against it. And now that thing can still swing face. So what does that mean for the card? It means, well, you probably need some more life gain in your deck to survive things getting through that didn't used to you can still trade with the manticore next turn right it's just they get a little bit of extra damage in where they didn't used to and that's it that's really the only change to the card so i think that the card is still uh playable it's just not as dominant and uh you know ubiquitous as it used to be but i think i don't think that it's dead one of the most exciting moments for me post patch was seeing somebody post like do like i'm gonna try chodal's treachery and i was like that's a card i've never considered playing and I would love for a card that ha went that would to go from zero play to seeing play like that. That seems awesome to me. It seems like an effective patch. Yeah, I mean, and granted, I mean, people could say that's like an argument for people wanting to buy the new set. But I, I did consider playing that card. The problem yeah. I have is that I don't own that card. So <laughs> yeah, me, me, me either actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a struggle. But yeah, uh, it's also something interesting about we just talked about Manicor's effectiveness in uh, in different matchups, and that sort of segues into the Withered Hand Cultist conversation that I'm having in chat as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it depends on the kind of decks you play. If you're playing nothing but Control Scout or Control Mage or Control Tribunal, there is a high chance that Withered Hand Cultist is going to be the highest win rate card against you. Like yeah. in match in games where that is played, your win rate dips by like ten to twenty percent. And I think that's probably just natural. If I'm playing nothing but token decks, there's a chance that card for me is either Drain Vitality or Ice Storm. Yeah. And, you know, that's just a fact. If I'm playing Control, Drain Vitality I don't care about. Cultist I do care about. If I'm playing tokens, Cultist, eh, cultist not so much. Drain Vitality, eh, it just it just depends on what you're playing. Yeah. And in mid-range, you know, one of those power spike cards is Manticora. Like, if you have not effectively closed the gap and, and put your opponent on a one-turn clock, uh, that Manticore might actually just close the window you have. And I'd, I'd venture to say, like, games where Manticore is played versus not played, uh, it negatively affects mid-range decks a lot. Probably not so much for control, probably not so much for aggro, compared to other cards in the deck. Yeah, so one of the th one of the things that Justin had asked was, like, are you shocked, right? And so this is where, like, my quick monologue comes in, because I was talking about this on stream the other night. I'll be right back while you monologue. Yeah, you're fine. Uh... <laughs> I'm actually going to dip out too. Yeah, that's fine. Everybody can go to sleep now. And <laughs> yeah, so the thing with Manticora is it was a shock when I first saw it because I thought to myself like, oh, I didn't necessarily think that card was a problem. But when you think about what was played in like the first two weeks of uh, the set, right? When, when Houses of Morrowind came out, there was an awful lot of tribunal control, and then Nixox became not really 
popular, we'll say, but it became like a boogeyman, right? So like after the first two, three weeks or so, if I had to pick decks that uh, I thought people were, you know, going to label as a problem, those two are it. I mean, let's 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 not pretend that you didn't play against a ton of tribunal control because it was easily, as somebody who tracks their games, the class I played against the most. Um, I did. I you did know, indeed. Some some will call uh, Blackfall, let's say, like the father of the deck, right? I'm not saying that the deck wasn't going to exist without him, but he certainly popularized it when he posted it. Um, he certainly posted, like, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, you know, he went uh, 29 and 2 to one night while laddering, he posted about. Somebody else said, I'm playing his deck and uh, I went 7 and 1. I know that I went like 11 and 1 or something like that, ridiculous, when I first started trying to play Tribunal Control. It was a very strong deck at the start. And uh, to, to quote, so again, Blackfall being like, perhaps like control expert, if you will. This is literally what he put on Twitter. This is April 8th. I honestly think the power of tribunal control right now is very, very close to the power of the original control mage list in the open beta, period, which is not a good thing, period. So yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you have perhaps the person who knows control theoretically better than anyone else in the game saying this might be too good, it does not... After the fact, right, as I do my post-mortem analysis, it does not surprise me that the devs said, all right, we might have to do something about Tribunal. Add to the fact that it was popular, and it was certainly popular at lower ranks, and that if you imagine the new player experience, or even just your casual, like imagine you're at like rank 9 again, and you're trying to grind up, and 7 out of your 10 games are against Tribunal Control, and every time you play a card it gets nuked and you just start to feel demoralized and sad, like that's not gonna be a fun experience for a lot of people, right? So when you take, you know, Blackfall saying it's strong and you take, you know, the devs say their stats show a very high win rate, very high representation, it doesn't surprise me they targeted Tribunal. And so then you lead to, well, if you're gonna try to adjust a deck, how do you tackle it? And Tribunal has a lot of action removal. And let's be honest, touching any one of the actions probably doesn't do a whole lot because there are so many of them. Like if you do something to Piercing yeah, Javelin... People have, people have talked about Cast Into Time just because of its design, but... Yeah, but like, it, let's be honest. Like if you make Cast Into Time cost six, you suddenly like, it doesn't adjust it, right? Like that deck plays the exact same way every time. The thing about Manticora... Uh, I will say you probably get a lot worse again. I mean, you're already yeah. pretty awful against Midrange Warrior. Yeah. And a Dag off on Curve, but you get worse. <laughs> sure. But, like, realistically, like, in my mind, the thing that stands out to me about Manticora is it was very unique in what it did because it removed a threat and granted a big presence, right? Dawn's Wrath costs less and blows up a lot of threats. It can generate, you know, three, four-for-one value, potentially. But the big difference between a Dawn's Wrath and a Manticora is one of them puts a body on the board. So if I yeah, Dawn's Wrath Dawn's Wrath frequently will remove your own bodies, too. Right. So, like, I Dawn's Wrath Elaine, and then suddenly my opponent you know, I pass, and then they fill the lane with creatures again. Like, I'm back to square one where I was the turn before. If I play yeah, the thing about Dawn's Wrath is that it, it never gives you the initiative. You're right. always, like, at the end of the at Dawn's Wrath turn, unless you have more Magicka to play another threat in the lane, the lane is clear, and your opponent is the first person with the initiative in that lane. Yeah. And Manticore is literally the opposite of that. It's literally the opposite. So the more I thought about, like, okay, well, you know, what was, you know, unique that you could kind of adjust in that deck, Manticore actually kind of stands out to me more and more. So... I was surprised when I saw it, but in doing some reflection, it I think it might have been a pretty like savvy adjustment on their end, in my opinion. So that's yeah, that's yeah, my monologue. 
there's a lot of different ways you could have nerfed it too, right? Is guard the correct nerf, do you think? Like, you think it's right to adjust it? Do you think that was the what you would have liked to see? Maybe just minus health? Maybe something like that? You know, I... Even if you go minus health, though, it's still nuked something and then at least put, like, a body in the way. Like, I can't... It, it shuts right, down so reach. Six one, a 6-1 charm. <laughs> um, yeah, That's pretty I mean, bad. <laughs> yeah, a 6-1 is pretty bad, right? But, like, let's be honest. They're never going to go all the way to a 6-1. Direwolf likes never their, their subtle things. Well... I think I think the most <laughs> I I'll, I mean let's be serious though like I think the most aggressively that they've ever adjusted the stats on any single creature was Crystal Tower Crafter and that was minus one minus one right yeah so and I think the only people who missed that card were people who didn't play against it yeah <laughs> or yes. pe yeah. or people like me who loved to play it I'll be honest yeah, I, I mean I understand it. the sentiment it's like oh man Crystal Tower Crafter that would really make my action deck sweet and then. <laughs> Like, I don't know, you're just tearing people up. All of a sudden, there's like a 3-3 with Ward on turn one, and you're like, yeah, going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no answer in the game that is printed besides right. Suppress, so game yeah. is over. <laughs> suppress Scout, new meta. Yeah. Yeah, Crystal Crafter used to be so good. Dude, uh, when I... When you I was know, like, here's a fun fact. Right after Crystal Tower Crafter got nerfed, Paulo Vitor Dama Rosa quit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah, oh, yeah. he was playing that deck. He was like, this card is kind of silly. He was loving it. But, yep. Yeah, nerfed. When I was uh, in closed beta, actually, I after figuring out how the game works as you know, much as you can in a week, I soul trapped all my cards and built an action mage deck because of Crystal Tower Crafter. <laughs> and it was probably yeah. a good investment at the time because it was that yeah. good. It was great. I got. I, I can let me earn a collection to build everything else. I thought was interesting. Because that was back when you still had like old harpy, old slaughterfish, old slaughterfish. Yeah. Old like fire, think about old turn fire. one, you just go crystal tower crafter two two. Let's reward it. Make it a three three with ward. So no yeah. card in the game. Not fighter's guild. Not execute. Not firebolt. Sorcerer's right. negation did not exist. People. So it was right. a different time. Literally nothing that was printed dealt with it. And then turn two, play a couple slaughterfish. Now it's a four four with ward. Yeah. Yeah, and the slaughterfish you have to deal with. <laughs> the deck right? was crazy. The deck, the deck was crazy. Like the closest, the closest hope you had at the time was like yeah. I play Shrieking Harpy to slow it down, and then I pray for a prophecy like Bolt when it hits me in the face eventually, or a prof or a Javelin. I mean, not Bolt because of the ward. Like, yeah, it was so. And the deck had other tricks too. You could also just ring out a turn two Dark Rift on turn one. Oh, and yeah, then that, that starts ticking. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and guess what wasn't printed? Dushnik Yal Archers. So I mean, yeah. you were just like, uh, if it happens on turn one, right. that means it's going to proc before I play Shadow Fin. It's actually not true. Uh, God, like okay, so you needed exactly Shadow Fin on curve. That's yeah. it. Or it's just it's happening. Actually, well, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. works. Yeah, I think yeah, it no, was. I, yeah. I was thinking about something from closed beta. Well, there was yeah. a lot of times when I drew it one turn too late, but yeah, there's a, there's a couple push things. Tazka just cost eight. No one even really cared because games were usually over. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like I, that's the thing. Like I remember, I remember one of the first things I remember seeing you do, CVH, was like the fall of sixteen, playing Control Mage and playing Manticore, and I was like, that's a card that's way too slow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why would anybody play that? Like, I was playing Ramp Scout with Iron Atronox. I'm like, I'm king of the world. And then I, I started getting mad to Carl. I'm like, why the hell are people playing this card? <laughs> I, I remember oh, no. when Nine Cost Supreme Atromancer wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a real thing. 
Yeah, the irony being that it like got really good, and then I think it was in a time where it was getting back to its original state of just being a pretty good card that wasn't absurd, and then it got nerfed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people mentioned Nocarine since we're talking about nerfs that were like kind of out of left field, but like, <laughs> that was a really difficult nerf because it really didn't have a ton to do with its current power level, but right. also, hey, we really want to print Alduin. Right. right. How do we not play that on turn nine? Yeah. We can't just change the stats because yeah. it's still going to play Alduin on turn nine. <laughs> we can't do that. That card. So that, that had to just completely be reinvented. Yeah, that card was utterly yeah. destroyed. Yeah. But I don't know if I could have. Uh, I don't know. I would have probably needed a lot of time, but uh, a more. Uh, I'll be honest. Subtle I, nerf. I don't miss old Tribune either. Oh no, God no. That was one that kind of divided people, right? Like I remember when the the drain nurse hit. You know, like I remember a lot of people were sort of like, "It's better." Some people were like, "Oh, it's worse." Some people were really up in arms about it. Yeah, I mean, pillaging Tribune. For those who don't know, it used to be uh, same stats, same cost, summon. Give drain to each friendly creature in this lane. Right. For the was it just for the turn? Actually, was, I do it, not know. It was yeah, just it's just for the yes. turn, but that, that was all you needed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah, it was Snake Tooth. Because that's what happened yeah. in the same patch. Snake Tooth necklace used to right. give permanent drain instead yeah. of one turn, and Pillaging Tribune used to give everything you had in the lane drain. So right. it was not uncommon for the control player who was just you know they were stacking up on cards like maybe Manticore or whatever later, just like mid game like Hive Defenders and whatever. And, yeah. you know, turn 5, they could gain 10 life. Turn 10, they could gain 20 life, or mm. however much. And then Snake Tooth would just be like, okay, not only did I just gain 9 life and kill a thing with my Leviathan, but if you, the aggro player, do not have a Piercing Javelin, yeah. uh, you lose. <laughs> yeah, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. I remember... I remember, the person who convinced me that the that the, the pillaging tribune change was a a balanced like change and not a, just a strict nerf was I remember Maricon ran it in his old um, his old altar monk deck and would pull it out and its ability to target creatures in different lanes was relevant in that match mm -hmm. in that deck and I, I, that that's kind of when I came around to seeing it as being not just a strict nerf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say it's pretty close to a strict nerf. Like, it's definitely a worse card than it was before, but it does have like right. added utility. Yeah, it sees no harm. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's That's more. Basically. I think it's a very similar to like Journey, right? Like, what happened to Journey was definitely a nerf. It's certainly not as good as it used to be, but it because of the rework, you still can find other ways to get value, like with Ultra mm -hmm. decks. So, yep. yeah. I think Journey was just turned into like a. It's weird to say this about a card that like, does as much as it does, but it was just turned into like a fair card. <laughs> yeah, you know, a fair card that shuffles your entire discard pile back in your deck and makes it all giant. It's strange to say, but yeah, it, fe it feels more fair now. Yeah, but yeah. Everyone thought control died with all those trade nerfs, and then it didn't die. Right, C control's so, been dying uh, maybe for a the long same time. Situation. Yeah, control that thing about it is though. Patch. Like, we, new cards are released for control too. Right. <laughs> people do forget that you know it runs well, you know, the old staples but there are new cards too a, a card that I, I think people have really been sleeping on from houses of morrowind that I've, I've played a lot with the last few days is uh the willpower two three with exalt plus three plus three for four that destroys a creature with less power when you summon it oh that was played on me once yeah i've been getting a lot of mileage out of that lately and i, I think it's one of those cards that again people will look at now that manticora is not as strong or you know not necessarily as strong 
And and I like that there are all these tools available with which people can be creative now. And that's one of the ones I think that people should take a bit, uh, you know, closer look at. Yeah, and a lot of it's meta dependent too. You know, with all this tribunal control and Nixox combo, we haven't seen much of this. But I think uh, the cool lawkeeper, the three oh, cost yeah. one six. Oh, that hurts so uh, good. That hurts. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're up against a control deck or a Nixox combo deck, they probably just don't give a shit. But if you're in a creature combat meta where everyone's really fighting right. for the board early, like aggro and token and mid range decks, like that's yeah. a one six guard that's going to protect your high value two or one cost, yes. and it's going to snowball. Like that is that is a card for the right meta for sure. Absolutely. I mean yeah. that's been that's exactly how I feel playing that card. I don't even super mind playing playing it against control because it's sort of mm -hmm. challenging to remove. You you know the rally values stack up. Yeah, it likely comes down right after a prime execute target as well. Like you probably play exactly. Thick Legion Trainer or Spell Sword and they execute right. that because they have to and then yes. oops. <laughs> I, right. I the ideal made out with that one I think is uh Barrow Stalker, right? Cuz you don't give a mm -hmm. shit about the drain in that matchup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or even Wordcrafter. Like, it sucks to lose a Wordcrafter, but if, if it eats the Execute and you stick a Lawkeeper, like, Lawkeeper is just really good, and it's especially good if if you lead yeah. off with Fifth Legion and they don't have the answer, because not yeah. only is it now a 2-6 that's going to be pumping stuff and basically, in many ways, kind of wins you that lane, but now even if they do draw removal, now they have to make a hard decision, right? Like, is it the Lawkeeper? Is it the Fifth Legion that you don't want to leave out? It's so snowball-y. Mm-hmm. Immortal King mentions that people he thinks people are sleeping on feasting hunger. You replace non-star healers with the hunger in a few decks, and I'm loving it. Yeah, that's that's another card that in the right situation is just super good. Yep, they were sleeping on it, but after this monthly card, oh, yeah. they will still be sleeping on it. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that conclusion to that one. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> what, what a twist! Sparks are flying. <laughs> So are there some cards that, like, you guys have been disappointed in since Morrowind came out? Cards you, you thought would play strong, stronger than they, than they have been, whether it's because of what other people are playing or just... Well, you know me, so, like, all of them. <laughs> we, I mean, I have to admit, like, I, I, I do lament the fact that we didn't get a CVH Reviews Houses of Morrowind video. I'm trying to I'm trying to be honest with myself and think about cards that I would have called terrible that have turned out to not be terrible. Yeah. I was I was honestly and no one's going to believe me but I don't care. I was honestly very excited when I was first looking through the expansion. Yeah. By the way, way earlier than all of you guys were able to look through the expansion. <laughs> you know, take that, but I was honestly very excited. <laughs> Throwing those punches out because there. Because I'm incredibly important. <laughs> right. Yeah, but uh but yeah, it was uh I was actually very excited at a lot of the card design. Just like cards like uh uh, Sun and Shadow is really cool to me. A lot of the Telvanni specific cards are very cool to me. I think I'm a little bit disappointed. I, I would have probably called a good amount of the Betray and Exalt cards trash. I yeah. already can, like, I see this alternate timeline where I didn't get hired by Bethesda and I re released this video where I called uh, Vivek and Sothaseel unplayable yeah. and the entire comment section just gets really upset. And then I have to explain the belligerent giants a card. So that's probably <laughs> another way that could have gone. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like cards that I thought would be performing better, Justin, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised at how little I've seen of Morag Tong Aspirant and Morag Tong Nightblade. Both of those cards had a lot of fanfare when they were revealed. 
They and, did, yeah. And I have not seen much of them. And then even when I have seen them, um, you know, outside of the obvious, like, Nightblade into Rage combo, I haven't seen either of them perform very well either. Yeah. I have not seen a single, and this might be weird, Falkreath Defiler. And I was hoping someone would, like, take mm. that with either the Nightblade or Nara Uvirian and try to do some really degenerate Falkreath Defiler combos. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, yeah, but I have not seen that. There's a couple of people in the comments section of my videos very insistent that I do that, actually. <laughs> I, I would say go for it. The Falkreath <laughs> Defiler crowd is small but loud. The, the yes. Defiler got a lot of new tools in this set because not only do you have the two-drop yeah. that makes targets, you've got yeah. you know the unique legend that makes targets. We still have Nightmother, but... Uh, a card, I was going to say a card that I'm very excited about and I've been enjoying a lot is Endoral Mastermind and that helps Defiler a lot so uh, I am a big fan of Endoral Mastermind that's the, the lead in there nice yeah. I think Endoral Mastermind is one of the best cards in the set <laughs> it is really good honestly yeah. just a really really good card so um I was going to say, before we move on to the like fun and interactive portion, I did want to go over uh, Arkham Warlock has been kind enough to preview or send us some yes. stats from his survey. Yeah, Ar so... Arkham Warlock does a lot of cool community surveys, um, posts them on the Reddit and on Twitter pretty regularly. And if you, if you haven't seen them there before, I encourage you to participate because the results are always super interesting. Yeah, and since we're talking about, you know, our perceptions on House of Morrowind and what we liked and what we didn't like, I think this is a good time to make that segue. Uh, I'm yes. going to go ahead and put it up now. So this is what he sent over. Uh, again, preview of what he's going to release later. But this is the perception on some of the new either keywords or ability words in the set. Uh, specifically, Betray, Exalt, Plot, and Rally. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, um, so obviously you can't see it, uh, some interesting things stand out. Uh, immediately, the there's some average scores, right? So everything was rated. You've got either strongly dislike, somewhat dislike, uh, a neutral option. So either, uh, you know, neither dislike nor like, and then strong, uh, somewhat like and strongly like, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of those are weighted and they have a score. And so for each of the... Uh, ability words or keywords there's an an average score that gets generated mm. um betray had a 4.05 exalt 3.64 rally 3.80 and plot 3.69 so right. betray ends up being uh the most popular here and that is not something that i would have expected yeah i definitely would not have expected that at all i would have expected yeah i'm rally to be much higher yeah, I'm fairly certain. Well, I don't know. This isn't really just based on playability, right? It's like, how much do you like the keywords design flavor-wise and everything too, right? Yeah. So, well, for that, and also probably for playability, I would have uh, probably gone with plot. I like plot a lot. Yeah. I think plot's cool. You know, that makes sense. I think so plot's super cool. That makes so much sense, dude. When I was reviewing this set in my review, I said plot is the keyword for spikes in this set. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, yeah. guys. I'm here for the entire community, not just people like me who like winning. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone else, there's Justin and Charmer. <laughs> I don't even like winning. I just don't like losing. That's fair. <laughs> Whatever motivates you. <laughs> fair enough. I don't play this I mean, game I mean, to have like fun. Rally... No, I mean, 
right, so honestly, I think Rally is probably closer to, like, the spike. Spike, like, it feels like it's going to win a lot, but it yeah. does say the word random, so I can understand that uh, some people might yeah. not be totally on board. Apparently, it's very similar to something in Eternal, and I don't know if people love it in Eternal. People were excited to see it in this game, which I was a little surprised at, because, you know, yeah. I do those, you know, the sentiment reports and, and let people know what community members are thinking. I was expecting that people right. would dislike Rally more than they did. But I'm glad that it went over well. I'm glad all the keywords went over well because this is a lot of new words in the expansion. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like there was some complexity creep in this expansion? I definitely do, and that's oh, something yeah. I've talked about to uh, to other people that have uh, you know worked on the expansion and, and work on the game, and will work on you know future stuff as well. Is that this game is already super complex? You know, right. that's it's not something that we try to hide. It's something that Bethesda and everyone else involved, you know, it sort of embraces that this game puts a lot of shit on the board. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like, you can't just wander into a game of Legends and be completely clear on what's happening, you know? Right. Hearthstone, it's it's much more similar to Magic and the complexity that, yeah. that is presented on the board. Maybe not all the card types and everything, but yeah. cards have a lot of text. They have a lot of keywords. They do a lot of different things. There are supports in play. They have activations. There are, like, tons of different keywords there's two lanes also also as soon as you start attacking there are prophecies to consider not even considering the complexity of actually like trying to play correctly but just like the complexity of understanding what's happening that's a lot so even just like four new four new like ability words in expansion like who knows that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back for someone so it's very important that they're very clear what they do and of course we have very helpful tooltips if you hover over the cards I always forget that until I accidentally hover over it when I'm trying to show something else. <laughs> accidentally. It's okay. I hover over things to know how they work, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys... So, CVH, your favorite keyword is plot or favorite new ability. What uh, What's yours, Charmer? Um, I mean, I, I'm i with the crowd here. I, I really enjoy Betray. I, yeah. I think that of the options there, it's the one that feels at, at most involved with the existing class archetypes right i'm not sure. saying that the other ones don't um yeah. you know but betray like immediately felt at home in scout in assassin so like being yeah. the telvani you know new mechanic it it was just like a breath of fresh air i also i just like the flexibility um and some of the cool interactions like that it triggers twice with Hex Mage, for example. It's all those little subtle things that would just really make me enjoy Betray, even if I don't play right. a ton of it competitively. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that my favorite of these is Exalt. Like, I don't get me wrong, rallying is fun, betraying is cool, and plot is uh, something I'll get around to. <laughs> but I like the flexibility offered by Exalt, and, and a lot of them are, are like pretty responsibly priced at both costs, and I, and I like that kind of flexibility in a mid-range deck. Yeah, that's fair. I like the Yeah, I haven't really experimented much with to Exalt. Uh, I did experiment a little bit with Betray, because I think one of the cards I really got excited about was Debate's Experiments, yeah. uh, the 9-cost Telvani card, and I did play it as a 1-of in, in a certain control Telvani, and it might actually still be good. In, yeah. that, in that capacity of a one-of in that deck. But I was hoping it'd be a little better, but I mean, I still think you can experiment with, like, straight-up control Telvani. There's so many good Telvani decks, and I yes. really want that card back. Yeah, that's right. I don't have all the card backs yet. Just, I understand. I don't have them all yet either, because I actually still play a lot of, like, just yeah. classes and not houses, if I'm being honest. I know I have... a lot of people like oh, that, trying the houses, God. but, like, yeah. I look at this set, and I think of all the cool things that I can still do with classes, so... I, I, I don't know, I, man. Maybe we'll get card backs for those in the future, too. 
I have be. absolutely no uh, no information whatsoever on that at the moment, but that is definitely <laughs> something that you know that that could happen. I think that'd be a sweet thing. Yeah, I agree. I uh, yeah, I think I have the Redoran one from Marina, and I have the Telvani one from playing on the ladder. I'm close. I got Lalu today. That was I, the first one. Yeah, I'm close to Halalu and I'm close to Telvani, both from Arena, actually. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I dislike Exalt the most, and not hmm. because of the flexibility or like the idea. I think, like, if I had any sort of criticism at all, it would just be that I think that it was a clunky implementation. It's not very intuitive, not just to like new players but even entrenched players the fact that like when it got reviewed and then we had a like a bunch of questions and then like weeks later we still are seeing people with questions like you know if what i exactly sorry i might have missed something uh exalt right so okay yeah you know there's there's a lot of things that i think just are not intuitive with the description and the implementation you get a lot of people that are like okay i summon a creature that has exalt with my altar or, you yeah. know, I got something from Belmora Spymaster, why couldn't I exalt it? Or I exalted yeah, this was, creature... Was, I know that was something the devs mentioned once, or maybe the devs told me to mention it, and I'd mentioned it. It was mentioned yeah. once on Reddit that, like, exalt works from hand. That is the thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. It's just one of those, like, when you look at it, it's mm -hmm. it's not, like, necessarily 100% intuitive that way. Because, like, even, even yeah. there's the, okay, it's from hand, but, like, is it a... You know, do I have to pay the cost every time? So, like, I play something and I exalt it, and then it dies, and I soul tear it. Do I? Does it come back exalted? Like, I've, I know the answers to these, but I've been getting a lot of questions, and I see these questions, and so if if I had any right. criticism at all, like, I, I like the idea of the mechanic, but I think that that part was, uh, you know, different. Do you guys think we're going to see more Betray, Plot, Rally, and Exalt cards in future sets? Well, if I answer that question, people would assume that I know things, even though I really don't. <laughs> so, I understand. I mean, I do know things, but not those things. But okay. uh, I definitely think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible. Well, I said the same thing about uh, other things that we didn't wind up seeing more of, though. So, I, I mean, anything is possible. I, yeah. I got something to show off. Oh, you, you, you actually got the... Yeah. The, yeah, okay. I'm eager to see this. Yeah, there you go. That's all the new treasure hunt cards that you guys have wanted. New oh, fat man. totems. Wow. That's beautiful. Wow, it gains treasure hunt if you exalt it and betray a another creature. That's fascinating. Yeah. I think that one on the right is actually going to make fat totems uh, a real contender, finally. Finally. <laughs> yep. And a troll lord, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm really... <laughs> Really looking forward to uh, that card that makes every creature in my deck effect totem. Yeah, <laughs> that's legit, dude. Then we need a new gag. It's a uh, it's it's, it's totem's ascension. We burn, yep. oh burn god, this one to the ground. Echo oh, hold totems. on, Lich's ascension. We have to talk about this. I we really heard. don't have to talk. No, about No, we it. don't. <laughs> Lich's okay. ascension is a true Lich. It's dead, but it won't stop coming. Dude, I, I, somebody called it Lich's Depression the other day, and I was like, oh my god, this speaks to me. I, I, I have never been more, like, crushed by a card, like, in my complete inability to find any application for it than Lich's Ascension. <laughs> you know the application yeah. for it, you just haven't done it yet, and it's barter. Oh, yeah, so I'd like to I'd like to quote the great article by I think Mark Rosewater on 
when cards go bad. <laughs> uh, because one of the parts of the article that many spikes, it's an article for spikes. People don't understand why are these cards so shitty? Why on earth would they sign them? Uh, and like the article quotes, it's for people who do not care so much about winning. They just want to experiment and find that one time where they win and it's great. And like the other times, you know, as long as they're fighting for something, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, that's just <laughs> this is proof that that person exists. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, I spent hours playing with Lich's Ascension and I can't, yeah. the closest I came to being, having anything useful happen was, over the course of three turns, I played Wisp Mother, Lich's Ascension, and then Genius Path Mage with 12 Magicka to pull out two 12 drops. <laughs> and mm -hmm. two, two Genius Path Mages. And even that, even that was not good. <laughs> yeah, so, like that's exactly for you. And you might tell me that it's the worst <laughs> card in the expansion. But yeah. you know what? It might just be the best designed card of the expansion. You know what? Yeah. It, well, it, I, did, I have had hours of fun with it. Like, I was going to say, it got yeah. him hours of fun. So Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. My, the investment there is, I mean, it paid off. <laughs> and blue claw thing that no one knows the other word for the like the the bad neutral like that might be the other worst card in the game but you know what it teaches new players that <laughs> no i'm like some cards are a teaching tool you pull that common they're gonna see that card they're gonna be like oh this card has a lot of health i'm gonna play it and yeah. they're like wait a minute it's not bad for a lot of reasons all of a sudden i realize that needs yeah. more attack to trade uh yeah. it's probably an effect uh, it taught me that removal's really good. <laughs> it taught me what tempo is. That card just taught me four lessons. Those were painful lessons, but lessons nonetheless. I think Lame Corpus is a teaching tool in that sometimes the title of the card is correct. It's just lame. <laughs> I feel right? Like, 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 yeah. All six of us who put out, like, card reviews that I watched, we, like, we all made the same joke about that card. <laughs> yep. See, I find it like when a card is obviously not going to be great, like Lame Corpus or Blue Claw Matron. Yeah. Uh, if I was doing review, I wouldn't even like be as harsh on that kind of card as I would be on like a Vivek or something, just because yeah. like it's pretty clear these cards are what yeah. for a competitive player would amount to filter or filler, but right, right. for someone else it could provide some certain you know random enjoyment. But yeah, you it know, depends on how you look at the card for starters. I, I agree with Shinara and uh, Gliese. Like, I, I, Lame Corpus isn't isn't terrible in Arena. <laughs> listen, it, listen. It, yeah, I mean, let, if I had to. Let me, yeah. as somebody who uses that phrase very, very often, I'm going to let you in on a little trade secret. If you ever hear anybody review a card and say, it's all right in Arena, it's dead. Yeah. It is junk. They are trying to find any way to, like, say something positive. If they say, well, it, it's great in Arena, like, it, the card is dead. Just off yeah, the top of my but head, honestly, I, there are cards that are good and yeah. constructed that are not good in arena. Yeah, like, there's, and, and, there's a few of them. It's interesting. I can think of a card just off of the top of my head from Morrowind that that is exceptional in arena that is n not particularly useful in constructed, and that is Gavel of the Ordinator. No, that card's also yeah. really useful in constructed, Justin. People are I mean, sleeping on that card. I stand by that assessment. It's one hundred percent dead in like half your matchups. It's it's the world's worst. It's player. never dead because it's at a minimum reach. That's like saying Shieldbreaker is dead if I don't have somebody playing a guard. People still play Shieldbreaker because of reach. They don't play a lot. Of, I don't see a lot of Shieldbreaker. When it was a two cost, well, it was like okay, when it was punished. a two cost, it was played a lot. And Gavel oh, yeah. is a two cost. I I think the card is very good. I think that people are but have been sleeping on it because things like Nixox and Warrior and et cetera were around, but I think that the Gavel is very, very good. I think it's entirely constructed worthy. 
I think that like you decrease your win rate against decks that don't give a shit about the extra two power on your creature by a larger margin than you increase your win rate against decks where you're trading on the board. Wow, Justin, that's a very unfun spike thing to say. I know. Yep. <laughs> I, I was distracted because I just won three arena tickets. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I got 50 soul gems. Nice. I got a pack. I got a rock. <laughs> you got a rock. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Oh, yeah. All right. Ugh. So, uh, should we switch it over to taking questions from the audience? Let's do it. Rock and roll. Ask You guys can ask anything you want about anything you want. Uh, it doesn't have to be about the game, but it would be cool if it was. Yeah, yeah as long as and it's not can, Manticora. Can community managers. Yeah, not Manticora. I mean, you can, <laughs> go for it. I don't care. You can ask yeah. community manager specific questions too, but understand that for like 90% of them, I'll be able to say <laughs> maybe <laughs> or like so. nothing. We, we, have the, uh, we have the infographic queued up. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Wow, look at the new cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peak right asks, with all the new cards that care about buffs, five power more, ambitious hireling, grand inquisitor, nyx ox, morag tongue aspirant, cliff hunter, hunter, etc. Do you think Praetorian commander might see a comeback? That's a good nope. question. <laughs> I didn't even get a finish. <laughs> I th I've thought of, I've thought about it. I'll, okay. I'll say this: Do I think it might make a comeback? Uh, yes, I've actually played against two of them in the last two weeks, which is more than I've played against in the last two months. That being said, I don't think it'll be good, but I think people will do it because they're having the same thought. And yeah. sometimes people need to remember that, uh, you know, popularity isn't necessarily representative of power level. <laughs> I mean, here's the weird thing, though. Like, honestly, like, obviously, right now, the reason we're asking the question is because Commander has not seen a lot of play since it got nerfed pretty hard. And, right. like, all the cards that were mentioned as maybe making Commander see more play also do not see a ton of play like aspirant had the most uh the highest aspirations we'll say and, and it did not <laughs> so far perform too much ambitious hireling we were we, you know it was it was ambitious <laughs> we included it but it hasn't <laughs> done so well but like but like yeah, none of these cards but like we're, the, 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 the basic premise here is that we're taking a bunch of not great cards and mixing them with an existing not great card and hopefully they get better and they might get better. Like combined, they're probably stronger than they are individually, but they're just not that strong individually. So I'd be more inclined to play those cards with divine fervor. I think all of those cards, like the reason to play yeah. commander. Wait, we just got a great combo suggestion in chat though. V oh, Vin Brains writes Praetorian commander with Odin Ernan Necromancer. I mean, that See, works. That's, that's that's actually cool. But like, still, yeah. I would rather play divine fervor, and you right. get to the same place. I'm gonna go a step yeah, further. Take... I would rather play <laughs> Warrior's Fury. Than, I like right? Warrior's Fury. Than, uh, than the old commander there. Because at least Warrior's Fury I can like do reasonably early. Like Commander doesn't happen until all of those cards you've probably played at least one or two of them anyway. Like that's the big knock on Commander is turn six is pretty late in the game to get your buffs going, and then you still have to draw them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> now hear me out. I would rather play a Telvani Arcanist and Telvani Arcanist into a moment of clarity, and moment of clarity into a <laughs> Wabajack, and then Wabajack into another Telvani Arcanist. That Telvani Arcanist finally gives me Warrior's Fury. I play the Warrior's Fury, and then I lose. So, <laughs> that's my plan. <laughs> I, li I, I like that diagram, man. Yeah. I, I too enjoy Justin's videos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, I've been playing the spikiest stuff I ever played the last couple of weeks because, you know, when when a new when a new I've noticed because you started tweeting about your your downvotes. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> but but people like. Well, no, it, it's just because, like, you know, right when a new set comes out, there's so many things that I want to try that, like, I start at a reasonable level, and then I slowly move my way towards singleton neutral between content releases. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I and mean, it's good I... to have that reasonable content to, like, reference, like, oh, yeah, this is a good deck, but here's all this other fun <laughs> stuff you can do instead. <laughs> yeah, we'll be bartering away Lich's Ascension soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I'll, I'll be upset about that. <laughs> but that that's actually uh in the unite the houses combo decks i think uh i forget who it was who mentioned it but like people are using barter in those decks because you steal cards that aren't in your attribute and you give them unite the houses copy number two they're oh, not gonna yeah. use that like it's just dead yeah. <laughs> what's tribunal control gonna do with that it's just gonna sit there and it's also unplayable so it counts as a way to overdraw them later that is a really yeah. really sweet idea was not my idea, but it yeah, hasn't happened to me yet. But I can't imagine me wanting to get a unite the houses for my opponent. Um, Kid Kano. Chaos. Oh, I was, I, I've scrolled that way up. Kano Followworks wants to know why you say cards like Vivek are bad. Well, uh, wait, uh, was there any more context or was that the entire question? That was the entire question. <laughs> okay, so Vivek less so than others, but at the end of the day, Vivek's really close, right? Vivek's close, and I think Vivek would be good if they were like. Uh, a slightly stronger pool of other exalted creatures and again i don't think it's like strictly bad i think from like a strictly spike perspective there's just simply too much silence in constructed decks too much efficient removal uh and i've seen the card played on me a couple times and each time it was not hard to get my opponent to either immediately i remove it or silence it uh or i just get my opponent to a negative life total and then wait to draw piercing javelin and they just explode as soon as the vivek is is dealt with there's just uh, there's simply it's first of all it's like not great unless you get the effect and then second of all that effect is kind of fragile like you'd expect you can't lose to not be fragile but given that it is based on just one creature with no added protection for itself uh it's it's pretty fragile and that's a problem. There's just like every every removal is like high tempo. Like piercing javelin gets rid of it. Well, if you if if you play like uh, what is it an eight cost Vivek, and mm -hmm. they play seven Magicka to remove it from the board and develop Belligerent Giant, like that is enough of a tempo swing to completely cost you a game. Same with Manticora. Same with a lot of things. So yeah, maybe if they deal with cards like Manticora, maybe eventually those cards become a little bit more playable. But it's definitely definitely a fun card. Definitely uh, one of those cards that is for uh, people who really, really enjoy the lore. And like, it probably does make sense given who Vivek is in the game. So I'm not totally sure about that, but yeah, it's, it, I think it's totally fine to have cards that do not fit in top tier decks because the vast majority of cards not fit in the top tier decks. And I think Vivek is really cool design that gets quite close. And I mean, let's be honest, if a card says you can't lose, it can't yeah. be too good. Cause yeah, yeah, right, it's, right, it's right. the kind of thing people like playing is <laughs> cards that just say, hey, can't beat me. That's not well, fun. I mean, we just saw a balance patch where they took that text off of Nixox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, right. Renegade uh, Outcast wants to know if you're going to be at E3. I'm sorry, and then Charmer can take over. <laughs> that's a good question, Renegade Outcast. That's my answer. <laughs> Charmer? Uh, I mean, he's more likely to be than me. No, I mean, I was just going to you for the question. <laughs> uh, Coney Dog asks, uh, Coney Dog 2, excuse me, the sequel. 
uh, asks, is Therana due for a nerf soon? I mean, so assume that I, like, besides the, the drain vitality stuff, which I've talked to the devs for, that, uh, you know, obviously everyone was kind of up in arms about that card due to the last balance patch not mentioning it. Uh, like, beyond that, I really do not know what's being watched or looked at, but I would really, really doubt that Therana would be on that list. Because I, from what I understand, it, it only seemed it, it only seemed that it was particularly powerful, like game breakingly so in the Nixox deck, and I think part of that was because he just had infinite magicka. Seems yeah. pretty good, but yeah. I think Thuron is a really cool card, and I'm actually surprised I haven't seen more of it in other decks. But I mean, I, I don't think it's on the verge of being nerfed. I mean, I, again, I don't know that anything's on the verge of being nerfed after this recent patch. But as far as things they're probably going to look at, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that. I love that Therana is the kind of card that, like, is on the cusp of being, like, I, I feel, well, okay, the 3-8 stat line is, I guess, the best part about it, right? Because it gives you an opportunity to do the silly things that you're running Therana to do. And, and it's the kind of card that I don't want to see be super competitive, but is strong enough that, like, I could have a, you know, a win rate that I can appreciate for myself playing a deck that runs Therana. Yeah, I, I don't think Therana is personally due for a nerf soon, because Therana is the kind of card that feels like an enabler to me, right? Yep. Like, Therana lets you do broken things, but you have to have the setup to do broken things first, right? Therana, to yep. me, isn't inherently the problem. It's, I've created a game state with all of these other cards and all of these other situations that then makes Therana seem really good, but I had to, and in all of those cases, you had to do something to make that happen. So I don't... Yeah, like, Therana enables, what is it, like, the... Uh, the the infinite magicka technically if you really want to go to the full combo but even if you don't play theron in those cases the like, nixox combos in their previous form they they bring you to what is a problematic board state anyway even if you don't have theron going for you yeah and like, you can like, still play a bunch of five fives there's theron otks with like you only have ice spike or mages trick left in your deck and you just now that's just know, great machine gun like right it. but like, I'm, I'm with you, right? Like, that's great. But you had to go through so much to set that up. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think Theron is the problem at that point, personally. Yeah. That's just, like, a very specific situation that is also hard countered by the turn timer and prophecy. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Eh. No, not... Well, it depends on when the prophecy happens, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> Shunara says that Lich's Ascension is the hard countered a gentleman, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Oh my god, the first time I get a giveaway of Lich's Ascension because someone Gentleman Jim's me is going to be awesome. Yeah, you play a Gentleman Jim, you steal Lich's Ascension, you're like, okay, you gave me the crap. Let's, uh, you have one more card in your hand. Let's Dark Rebirth my Gentleman Jim. It's another Lich's Ascension! <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. So, uh, Jage, why doesn't more data around nerfs or buffs get released? Is it so proprietary? Riot speaking uh, about the company that makes League of uh, Legends, if you're not familiar, uh, does a lot of stat review for the community along with hard changes. Um, the exact reasons, I don't think I know. Um, you, you've said a couple of reasons for like why other stats aren't released, like number of currently or active players or like lifetime Legends players, however many that would be. Like There's reasons those aren't made public. As far as actual nerfs and buffs, I am of the mindset that more transparency needs to be a thing. Uh, just because I know how high maintenance we all are as card players, like I know personally that if, you know, it's very emotional, right? Like your favorite card gets nerfed. It's very easy in the absence of hard data to not really take that personally, but 
Right. Start thinking emotionally. Start thinking about all the reasons they could have not thought that through and, and what this means for, you know, the experience you have playing the game. So given that like a big part of people's experience playing the game is changing, I think more transparency is probably for the best. And I'm a huge fan of statistics and I really don't think it would be bad to include more. I think uh, my my example, well, my idea behind uh, a nearly perfect batch uh, of balance, balance changes and like the updates surrounding that would be what Maricon posted on Reddit because I, I just thought that was like a super important thing to do and I was really pushing for more explanation because I knew people were like going absolutely nuts and you know my initial announcement got like half the upvotes of his follow up because right. it was what people wanted to know so like, surrounding the changes like I, I think that a lot of the reason is that uh, there's a lot of um, you know you do make the balance changes and in, in the client like the vast majority of people who are reading these cards do not play them they do not play top tier ranked they do not play top two decks so right. it needs to be simple they just they want to know why they want to make sure they understand the changes but don't care exactly for the stats whatsoever but i think the additional information should be out there somewhere for the people who want to dig deeper or need to dig deeper let me ask you a follow-up question kind of more psychological in mind um you know at the start of this we all said hey balance you know patch hit and all three of us said we were open to it right like we were excited about the changes what it meant um yeah. but we know that that's not the general consensus we know that there was quite a lot of uh people that were upset and there usually is you know historically so yeah. we also know card game players are the kind of people who are very quick to say like things are stale we need a change so you know in your mind what what is it about people like us that really wants things to change and has a high expectation for things not growing stale, but also has an immediate outcry and general negative outlook when things do change. Well, uh, that's pretty much just in every aspect of life. <laughs> yeah. What are I you going to say, Justin? I was going to say in particular, I think that there are the three of our reactions can sort of be attributed to the personalities we all had to have had in order to become content creators in the first place, which is sort of a, like a, a novelty seeking sort of uh, a slight, like hint of narcissism, right? Like we're the kind of people who would love change for the sake of change. Even though like Charmer, you're an old stick in the mud and like, I'm kind of a like jaded kind of guy. Like we're also, we fit the personality profiles of somebody who wants that change, whatever it is. Yeah, and that's like card game balance is an area where there's nearly limit po limitless possibilities, right? Hundreds and hundreds of cards exist. Uh, there's yeah. hundreds of facets to each one. Honestly, you know, one could like accurately predict the balance patch, except with like you know some some things like oh, Nixox is probably going to be on the on the list somewhere in the midst of other cards, and who knows what exactly is going to change about that or other things. So everyone everyone can agree that they want something to change, but if you ask each individual person without listening to anyone else what that thing should be, uh, you're going to get a ton of different answers. And again, since we're dealing with cards that people have played a lot of, like, you know, Warriors plays a lot of Nixox, uh, Blackfall plays a lot of Manticora, I play a lot of whatever I play a lot of, we all have our certain cards that we just, maybe we don't have a certain set attachment to, but like, it becomes a part of our experience playing the game. The feelings we get when we play these cards, like the feeling when I play a Manticora is now different. So if that's a big part of me playing Legends, that's that's gonna hurt. I know. So, you know, maybe someone wanted change, but they wanted a certain other card change. You know. I I got a long list of cards that I used to play in different versions of Time to Fight that have been adjusted. If we want to take a trip trip down Cry Lane, 
Dude, nobody ever nerfs the cards I play. <laughs> well, that's not true. Wait, I, what? Uh, I, mean, I told him to throw Lich's Ascension on the next balance pass yeah. just to really nail it home. I think that, I think that uh, you know, you forget how popular you made Ramp Scout. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, like, a lot of those cards were nerfed after. I... Yeah. Yep. All right. A lot of that can be blamed on Histgrove, but also you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kid Chaos finally caught up to him. Uh, I see YouTube videos about Ramp Scout, Speak of the Devil, from the past, but no recent lists. Are Hisgrove and other Ramp Scout cards worth crafting for a new player today? For the record, my mock balance patch yeah. nerfed Hisgrove, did not touch Thorn Hist Mage. Yeah. Maybe it would still be playable if Thorn Hist Mage were worse or excuse me or better than it is and the same as it was and i think it would be balanced because at that time i did not even know that hand of death were a, a card that was going to be coming which would have also hard countered thorn his page right so I, uh i can't responsibly recommend that you craft ramp scout right now though i cannot anybody. either no yeah i can recommend that you craft scout cards but yeah specifically ramp yeah it's a fun archetype like i like playing ramp decks but they're not well positioned right now yeah. Uh, Immortal There's King. Just... Good. Oh, I there was a pause, so I thought we were done. That's my bad. <laughs> like done the podcast? No, no, just with the uh, the answer about like don't don't craft. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all that needs to be said. I mean, in the future, it could get <laughs> yeah. better. I mean, who knows? Cards could get changed again. Yeah, more ramp cards could be released. His grove wasn't the only ramp card that we'll ever see. I'm sure. Warrior, I didn't know we played today. What, what's your Smurfs account name? I can't remember. It's budget underscore. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he beat me three times and I beat him once. Jesus, yeah. that's a bad record against a budget free-to-play account. <laughs> he, also, he also beat me. <laughs> yeah. I think I can pinpoint my loss down to a misplay, which I can say about a shockingly large amount of my games today, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. That's right, that's right. So, Immortal King asked, can we expect any new actions named after the houses like we saw with the ten classes in Heroes of Skyrim? So, like, Mage's Trick, Assassin's Ward, etc. Uh, I'll just jump on that grenade and say, maybe after we get all ten houses? Like, I don't think we're going to see a cycle until we have all of the uh, options. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't really know too much about future card design and expansions, but probably not soon. Like, next expansion soon. But, like, yeah, sure, that's definitely something that could happen. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that could happen. If we keep the same, like, naming um, conventions, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to playing uh, Tribunal Temple's Dirtle. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm looking forward to Halalu Vomit. We both fucked up those jokes, dude. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was just jumping jumping on your coattails there. Uh, I was just like having this internal war, like, do I say another one? Is it going to be shitty? It can't really be worse, but I also can't think of one. There's no way you could have been worse. <laughs> oh my god. Then Wheel asks, why are tribal decks so weak in Legends other than Orcs? Another wolf card coming out, but I don't think it will save the wolves. Well, goblins are a thing. Thing about thing about wolves is that they can only get better. So optimism. <laughs> but goblins are also really good. Honestly, I think they mentioned yeah. that orcs and goblins both had really really strong win rates a long time ago. And yeah, um, while I don't think goblins got too many 
particularly new tools. Like maybe the best card was Reflective Automaton, but like goblins are good. Honestly, they are good. Yeah, you could take a goblin deck to legend easily. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can say Breton tribal is really a thing, but I hear just running a bunch of creatures with ward is pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that deck is still good. Yeah, that deck is still good. Oh, I gotta give uh, Tunis a, a shout. T Y N I S. He made the new frames for the uh, for my channel, and I now have five frames uh, for the five color combinations that don't exist in the game. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. So thank I'm you. I'm really looking forward to the confusion that those videos make me deal with. Oh man, I get a lot of questions, and I'm just gonna start directing them to you. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like uh, it's probably like a running competition between community members. All right, let's see who can ask CVH the question he is least equipped to answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I have no idea how to pronounce your name. <laughs> Zombie Hunter Nine by Nineteen asks, uh, going on the five power matters cards. Uh, yeah. Seeing as though a lot of them start with four power, are you guys surprised that there hasn't been more use of Corsair ship? Oh, I saw someone using that today, but I don't think it was in a deck with any of those five power matters cards. I gotta try that. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised because I think that the other enablers that people latched onto are probably better anyway. Right? Like Crystal uh or excuse me, Crown Quartermaster was already pretty good before. Um yeah. Orc Clan Captain. Yeah, Orc Clan Captain. Scimitar. Um, yeah. Even if you're running like some of the agility Dagoth cards or whatever, but in the Halalu deck, the minute you get access to Divine Fervor, Fifth Legion Trainer, I think those are good as well. Um, but, like, that's saying... a really cool arena combo, right? And uh, also like the new, I had really positive experiences with, and I said arena, knowing full well that uh, Corsair <laughs> ship wasn't in the format anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because I work on this game, you see. But <laughs> I also... <laughs> Yeah. I also had really positive experiences with the one magic, uh, the new items from, yeah. uh, I think I drafted Dagoth on a, like the official stream and I got like all, yeah. each of the, the one magic items. And mm -hmm. I mean, that like, this could also be used with the, uh, the five power matters cards and they were just mm -hmm. good in general. So like things like that, like literally things that are good in arena. Like I'm not trying to say these cards are trash, but that yeah. is really cool stuff to be playing off in arena that will, uh, mm -hmm. be a lot better than what your opponents are doing a lot of the time, but in constructed, we still have Steel Scimitar, essentially. I, I gotta give them. I gotta give the design people credit because uh, the, the, I feel like the items in House of Morrowind are some of the most interesting and like the items we've ever had. Like they all, like a lot of them, make me consider running them, which is not something I usually say about items at all. Yep, except for Umbra. What are some, what are some good goblins to put in a gobby deck? All, uh, all of them. You, well, Murkwater Guide did disappoint me, for what it's worth. Not yeah. a huge fan of it, but I would just search Goblin and pretty much add all the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and that probably not, not the like. That, it's probably not the best, but like, that includes Tazcad too. <laughs> it does. I mean, you can. I mean, I could. I could honestly see cutting it if you really wanted to to lower your curve. But I mean, no, that curve skirmish, ends. Up... Skirmishers being the most important there. Yeah. That curve ends Sometimes I also task yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I also didn't play shaman because it's a little slow, but you can totally yeah. play it. I mean, it's like they don't they don't seem that good, but like you're just flooding the board with a little bit of mediocre creatures, and then you play skirmisher, and yeah. my opponent dies. Yeah, I think shaman is good if you run the guide and vice versa. Like sometimes they can generate you a lot of value. 
Yeah, that's fair. I I, I, I approach it. I love to mention to people who have who haven't been playing since open beta started that the very first pl player to hit legend in open beta was playing assassin goblins. That was wait, like really, really, really early, like before I was even able to play, or uh, even closed beta. No, this was an open beta. It was like day day oh. one. That he was playing assassin goblins. He was running, hmm. um, well, all the goblins, uh, lightning bolts. Um, he had the. The Spriggan that summons a random animal. Oh, like, Wild Beast Caller, yeah. Wild Beast Caller topped out his curve. Yeah. Seems good. Yeah. Uh, Uber Croyd asked if it was possible to get chapters of Clockwork City from Twitch Drops. I know that when it first came out, I think you could get the first one free, but that was, like, time-limited. Yeah, I don't think that's a and thing that, right now. I don't think that's uh, around anymore. That was just for launch. Oh. And it was only the first chapter. Yep. Clockwork City. Sendar's still... hammer is a nerf to Merrick. Well, I did lose to someone who played a, uh, not just a Merrick, but it wasn't really a Merrick deck before that. That was a guard nerf swords, and then they rolled Sendar's hammer on something else, and then there was a twenty-four attack guard nerf swords, and then I lost. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Firion asked if anyone knows the interaction with Mushroom Tower and Shouts. Uh, I just wanted to quickly hit that. The second shout is the next level because that's part of the puzzles. Yeah. Uh, now you can talk about your losses, Justin. I was going to say I lost to like a 20-some power uh, Gardener Swords against LMAO today. That was who also beat me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, it wasn't. Wait, I did lose to him, but it was a different game. I, I had a few losses today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I was riding high on my success with the Spellsword deck and had to play some garbage, and it just got worse because I lose games. I'm like, I want to play something dumber, and then I lose more games. And <laughs> yeah, I've gone down that rabbit hole a few times. Yeah, it's that's how I end up, in, end up in arena. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna share something really embarrassing about LMAO right now. Whoa. All right. I, I know that his name is supposed to be like LMAO, like last, laugh my ass off, right? Like that's, it's just that phonetically. But yeah. I didn't know that. Like the very first time I ever saw his name like written down and it wasn't until I said it out loud that I was like, oh, it's LMAO. When I, when I just see it written down, I was like, this is an elementalist that likes to summon mayonnaise. I had the same thought, man. Like, <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like, I definitely I, thought it was mayo related. Yeah, I, I really thought there was something but with mayo, kind of. and then I said it out loud, and I was like, "Oh, LMAO, I get it now." But yeah. he's got like mayonnaise as like. Uh, there's a picture somewhere of mayonnaise. Yeah, there is, but I think that's part of the it, joke, yeah. right? Just like yeah. bits is land bits and whatever. But like, I legitimately thought it had something to do with mayo the first time I, I saw it. Just like everyone. Whenever I go anywhere like new on Twitch, works both ways. Like if I'm lurking or something, or I say something, people always call me Charmander. They see my name, uh, and they say Charmander. Like there's some notifications that kind of make fun of that in my channel as a result. But I'm constantly Charmander anywhere I go. It's weird hanging out with you in person, dude. Because like, I keep having to correct myself and call you like by your actual first name when we're in person with cvh it's like his it's his initials so you know it could be his nickname and like that's cool but with you i'm like chuck that fuck what do i call you I mean, you can call me you can call me charmer you can call me Derek. like i don't know man, it seems it's uncomfortable even even my wife even my wife doesn't call me like 
charmer, she calls me like well, a lot of things I like, because I feel like this answer is not necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of things. There's a lot of eye rolling in my house and a lot of like laughing and yeah, yeah, no, yeah nobody yeah. takes me seriously. One That's of the funny. most asked questions when I when I started the new job was, "What do I call you?" Yeah, yeah. Like a CVH, a Christian, and like Christian's kind of weird to hear out loud, but CVH is kind of weird to say. <laughs> so I mean, like it's just a lose lose, pretty yeah. much. I don't think CVH is that weird to say. Well, you don't because you've been saying it for a year and a half. Like you just met me, and you're gonna call me this jumble of Scrabble tiles. Well, that's it's like fourteen. Maybe it's just like a sports thing, but like growing up, there was a lot of people I knew that would either go by like their initials or like even just their last name. Or I knew this one kid that like went by Ivy because he was the fourth, right? So like it was his name, like, and then you'd have the IV for the Roman numeral. So like. I I don't know I I'm used to I guess calling people weird stuff but I think that's all like sports from my youth related. I get into it when uh you know in prison everybody has a nickname right? And oh like, god here we go. <laughs> I, got, I got two stories. <laughs> really they're quick ones. The, the first Wait, weren't, you, uh, weren't you guys proud of Justin because we were like backstage at Pax East and I was like okay Justin no prison anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true I kept it real clean but um, yeah it was great. Uh. The first is that, like, you can't pick your own name. That's, like, an unwritten rule, right? So, like, if you come in there and you introduce yourself as something besides your first name, you know, on, like, your first day, like, you'll get assigned some, like, horrible nickname that'll follow you around the rest of your time you're there. And the example I have is that there was, there was this um, this guy with a – he had, among other tattoos, he had the monster logo on his arm, but he also had this giant dragon tattoo. So, first day he's there, he starts introducing me. He's like, hey, I'm dragon, right? Obviously, guy had never been to prison before or whatever. Nobody had told him that this was not acceptable behavior. And uh, I ran into him about a month later because I, I moved camps to medium from Max. He, he got declassified down to medium. And uh, I discovered that his nickname had now been assigned Kid Fucker. Even though the guy was, like, not, you know, not a child molester, that, that's what people started calling him because he had the audacity to call himself Dragon. And then I was just going to say my prison nickname was Farside because my last name's Larson. And this guy was reading a Farside book from, by Gary Larson put two and two together and called me that my first week somebody in chat suggested instead of calling me charmer you can just call me daddy and i can't disagree yeah absolutely because i do actually have a number of people that just call me charm daddy too farsight farsight's really good by the way farsight is good it's it's one of my favorites um yeah. Dude, my brain does weird shit sometimes. Somebody in chat just said Bond to James Bond. And in my yeah. head I went, why is James Bond arrested and why am I bonding him out? Like, That is interesting. I, my brain does some really weird things. Apparently his license to kill does not also cover jaywalking. <laughs> right? Like he just had one, one too many uh, martinis and... Yeah. <laughs> Bond got a DUI. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Just go with Chris's solid name. Uh, he, no, he I don't specifically know. said just, no, Chris. Yeah, I mean, like that's the, that's the thing, right? Like, I don't even know why, but I've never gone as Chris for some reason. That's also been weird, probably just because there's so many other Chris's out there. I was in rehearsal once, and the drummer was like, "Hey, wait, by the way, do you prefer Christian or Chris?" And I was like, "Oh, Christian's fine." And like next rehearsal, he's like, "Hey, Chris, nice to see you." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're cool." <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Maricon says in one of CVH's first Legend streams, the first one with Mudcrab versus Portcullis, I believe I typed CVS or PVC or something, and CVH is like, what face? <laughs> back, back in the old Kaijudo days, like five years ago, someone actually called me CVS in a video. Like, they were referencing one of my decks. They're like, oh, yeah, I met that CVS, and, like, no one corrected them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Good to see you, Maricon. Thanks for stopping by, by the way. Yep. Uh, Sandra and I have been getting a lot of mileage out of the new Mummy's Curse expansion for Clank. If you guys like board games, I highly recommend you check out the Clank series. Those, those are a lot of fun. Justin has something on his sleeve. Is he baking bread? Wait, what? Something on my sleeve. Oh, that's paint. Oh. Yeah, there's paint on my sleeves. That's, uh, just... that's makeup from his orc costume. <laughs> He's yeah, wearing it is. Actually, clothes. it is. Yeah, I had to check, but that is what that is. Actually, that's from the Dunmer, because that's the light blue paint. <clears throat> and yeah, these are Sanders clothes. It's her, her sweater, anyway. People don't know this, but I do wear more makeup than Justin, because he only wears it on special occasions. Ooh. <laughs> Kid Chaos yeah. asks, are Orc tribal decks still viable? If so, would you put Sower in it, even though it isn't an Orc? Yes who, and yes. Yeah, who wants the easy answer to that one? Yeah. So we're basically, like, there's two questions. First, are you playing Warrior? If the answer is yes, you can continue to. Are you playing any deck that wants to attack before turn 20? And if the answer <laughs> to those questions is both yes, then just play Sower. So like, yeah. Sower's probably, like, I don't know, you can pick your Sower or Drain Vitality, but your opponents are going to be, like, card should be nerfed, like, every time you play it on them. Even if yeah. it's just like a normal game up until that point, and it doesn't really do anything insane, like, the right. cards are just really good. Uh, let's I'm gonna see. I'm gonna say something really unpopular right now, but I hope Drain Vitality never gets nerfed. I'm fine with that. I mean, if the trend continues, and Maricon's here now, so we can all ask him. Hey, if you guys are wondering why Drain Vitality get nerfed, I know I've said my piece, and I've said my piece that Maricon has said his piece, but. He's right here, so if he wants to go into detail, at uh, it's like only 10.30 for him, so <laughs> I'm sure he's willing to type some stuff about Drain Vitality. Let me grab my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, though. I mean, like, never say never, but I don't think it's it's planned right now. But, I mean, if, if it ever did see a nerf, I would want it to be in a world where there were other cards that made me want to play agility decks that played a different kind of game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very, I'm it's like a very specific. Like people are like, "Oh, it's the reason Nixox combo and, and Control Scout are allowed to exist." And I'm like, no. "Yeah, good, right?" I mean, like, like I don't like, want I mean, one I, control deck. I want yeah, other options. May, maybe not like the specific only reason, but like a big part of that is that green has a way to get rid of more than one thing at a time. That's that's good. Yeah. I think. Yeah, like the only way I'm okay with Drain Vitality catching a nerf is if we get something else that's like almost as good that fills that void because for the let's be honest for the longest time uh you had ice storm and that was it right for like yeah, going like, thing, going like, wide say, aggressive strategies people say one lane okay so that does balance it it makes it on par but like that makes it pretty bad guys like all of a sudden you can play around like, yeah maybe being playing able to play around things is good but you know in drain vitality's case you don't have that option because that person has sacrificed so much of their deck. Right. So all of a sudden, if you know this like level three drain vitality, you can just split lanes, and it'll be super ineffective. Ineffective, and like even if you do get level three, at most that is a minus eight, minus eight, 
which seems like it'd be nuts, but when you're thinking about strictly removing things, that's just eight damage maximum. That's if the entire lane is completely full. Fire breath deals 10, it's horrible. Unrelenting Force probably can remove at least that much every single time you play it on a full lane. Level three is still bad. Uh, Call of Valor summons 12, 12 of stats, still not good. Like, I mean, it's hard to, to put it in a place where it's slightly less good than it is now, but also still playable, you know? It's just really hard to balance. Yeah, I mean, we actually got an answer, so if Justin wants to read it. American, right? It's only 10.30, but I need to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm sure you do now. <laughs> Drain Vitality has a lot of big moments that the opponent sees and a lot of fizzling moments that the opponent doesn't see. But yes, Drain is a great card. But it's anti-aggro, and aggro is pretty strong, and it's nice to have some anti-aggro cards. That's true. I agree. So that's the thing, right? Like, people said, oh, Manticore lost guard there, trying to make aggro tier zero. Someone accused me of, uh, like, it was on zero, like, how do you feel representing the face hitters or something is like like i personally hated control players but yeah i mean that that craziness aside the like, train vitality is a card that if it were nerfed in a substantial enough way for it to like not be what it is now mm. that would be something that could potentially cause some serious balance problems where aggro actually did get too good yeah i think if if anything did that i would like if you deleted either manticore or drain vitality deleting drain uh really difficult for the meta to, to function in similar ways afterwards, I think. All theory, because I, I haven't, like, tested like, oh, I wonder what happens if Drain Vitality's gone. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a lot, because it's been part of the meta and, and something people have had to account for for, like, eight months now. <clears throat> it's so, a card, like, that I'm glad isn't in the core set, right? So, like, in a theoretical rotation one day, like, it's gone and something takes its place, hopefully. Um, like, I, I wouldn't want it to exist forever. But like, yeah. I have no problem like really with it to be honest. And and again, I don't have any like specific information. And then you guys would know well in advance if there were any any like legality issues, like things did start get rotated or whatever. But uh, personally, in the long run, I do think if it were straight up up to me, which it's not, but I wouldn't be surprised if set rotations happen down the line in the future, multiple yeah. expansions from now. I think eventually it'll become necessity, and yeah. I, I wouldn't really. I wouldn't worry about it. We'll find if if that did come to pass, we'd find a wonderful, elegant way to handle that. Yeah, no, I, I believe he would. So, uh, or we die trying. There's a lot, <laughs> lot of chatter in chat. That's about... our only options. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of chatter in chat about mud crab tribal, and I just want to say that it is technically already viable. On my lunches, I've been playing games in casual, mono neutral, trying to farm centurion, and uh, Friday. <laughs> Friday I went 3-0 and with my mono-neutral uh, s'more crab deck. And I actually had somebody go to one of my YouTube videos, not about mud crabs or anything, just whatever the first one it was they could find. And they simply posted, why me, why crabs? And I've been laughing about that quote for literally days now. And uh, in that deck I was also running Stolen Pants. And so like I responded and I said, hey, I'm trying to farm some Cheerium. You know, if I played you on my lunch, I'm sorry I rolled you over with big crabs or whatever, and uh, he said, well, at least you give the pants. And that was my entire interaction. Why me, why crabs? How do mud crabs wear pants? <laughs> One leg at a time. That is great. <laughs> so you can do mud crab tribal, anyway. That's the point. You can do mud crab tribal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, you can, I don't even know, you can pretty much summon infinite mud crabs in the game if you just keep getting more mud crab merchants off of mud crab merchant. I like it. Oh, you know, we were talking about cards that like weren't 
living up to our expectations. <clears throat> Mudcrab's Mudcrab Merchant's card I put in all the decks I built like for the first couple days, and then just like haven't played since. Not I mean, I you think... put it in all the decks, and you also complained about it, saying it's gonna be like... I did, I did complain about it. It, it. it is, is it technically bad RNG? Sure. Yeah. But is it that bad? Well, still probably yes. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think it is. Like, well, like, I mean, at least it's not, it's not like board impacting bad, right? Like, can you imagine if Brutal Ashlander was a really, really aggressively statted card? Like, that would be really bad, but... Yeah. You know, I, I had some fun with it. It's a fun card. Um, I'm glad it's not any better than it is. Yeah. Conclusion about it. Um, it's. I saw somebody post on Discord the other day. Uh, somebody was asking in one of the forums, or on the channels, uh, like, would you play a 6 Magicka 6-6 six, six that summoned two Brutal Ashlanders when you, <laughs> when you played it? And um, I don't think... The you person... know, I think I probably would. Yeah, I think I think I would too because that's a lot of power. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. almost like that was a problem in another card game for a while. Yeah. Yep. Would it that. be? Would it? Would it be as bad in this game? Because uh... one thing that this game does have that, like, so I always say that I sort of envy the the crazy amount of really powerful mass kill that Hearthstone has. Yeah. But we also have really really good one for one removal. And yeah. we also, I think, due to the lack of the mass removal we have early, boards tend to be, like I mentioned, more complex and more developed on those turns. And since you have lanes and everything, yeah, the boombot equivalent, eh, it can be mitigated somewhat. I do think it but, would be yeah, less powerful. Really yeah, but I mean, I don't necessarily think it'd be too good, but I do think that. Let's just keep Brutal Ashlander off the board more often than not. It's a safe way to go. Yes. Yeah, we do not, do not need to encourage yeah. people to play that card. Although it's yeah. funny, Brutal Ashlander, I'm pretty sure, was in a lot of those early action mage action assassin decks. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, Brutal oh. Ashlander was in pretty much everything. It was in control mage for a little oh. bit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. See, I don't think that it would be as good as it was in Hearthstone because of the dual lanes and the runes and the removal. But there's also the potential that it could be, while not as good in one way, much better in another. Because unlike Hearthstone, we have a lot more flicker effects and bring back from the yeah. grave, right? Like, mm -hmm. even Wisp Mother was something like that. You're going to get extra value from... Like, there's... I think that just in general, there's, like, better cards with cooler interactions in our game, so... Yeah. It would just be different. Yeah, and also it's a liability, too, because you're summoning two Ashlanders. You can't really play that as a control deck because, well, prophecies, and you're giving right. your opponent an extra card if they actually go face. Right. It's a really interesting idea, but... Yeah. Again, I I'm, I don't really want to dive too deep down the theory of, oh, let's see what happens with a bunch of random pings everywhere. <laughs> how right. is this good, and how is this bad? Well, right. is it fun? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good times. All right, guys. I spent like 30 seconds trying to get an eyelash off of my phone screen. Turns <laughs> out it was your headphone cord. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for some reason I can't get the... So, you know, I, I recently bought a new camera and a new mic, and I can't get the standalone mic to work with the Discord thing. It's all user error, I'm sure, but... Um, I, I Just still Discord? Use, yeah, I still use the headset for, disc, for the Discord chats. I have no idea. I've had problems with uh, with Discord here and there, too. Yeah. 
Man. But that it's probably just me. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm 100% sure it's user error. But, <laughs> but I haven't spent enough time on it to figure it out. See, Discord's usually my go-to because Skype causes me a ton of problems. Like, it auto-adjusts my settings even when I have them turned off, and it doesn't always connect things and tries to set things to my default. Like, Skype is usually a settings nightmare, and Discord just works. So maybe I'm mm -hmm. the weird one. Good times. All right, rapid fire. Last uh, last call for questions. What do you guys got? When will your Discord channel be public? I'll figure it out. Uh, when he just makes the Legends one his official. <laughs> Could technically probably say that that is a thing, but. <laughs> Kid Chaos 2 wants to know, what is the fastest, most effective aggro deck type for farming the AI for daily soul shards? Mono, red, commons, and uncommons. Or prophecy. Yep. Personally, I have a lot of success with just like a budget prophecy battle mage because the AI isn't very bright and will just keep hitting you and just give you a bunch of free stuff. In the deck so. yeah. And make them cheap. Um, Lich's Ascension, yeah. Yes, uh, that is fast and effective. I have lost to the AI playing Lich's Ascension decks. Um, oh, I was going to say, too, as far as the AI goes, um, we were talking about Vivek earlier. Uh, if you draft Vivek in solo AI you will, and you manage to exalt it, you will win. <laughs> because if you are at a negative life total, for some reason the AI just keeps attacking forever and ignores Vivek. <laughs> wow. Yeah, heads yeah. up on that one. Another fun one about uh, solo arena and or story modes is if you happen to be running the Night Mother and you fill up the opposing lanes with the targets, the AI will not kill a target to place an actual threat there, so you can lock them out of lanes, or if you get eight on the board, you can lock them out of playing creatures entirely. Nice. What happened to the CBH Reddit AMA? I mean, I guess I could still do one if you guys really want me to do one. Um, yes. You I should. don't know how much people would be. Because it's been like a thing where we like mentioned it, and then my first four weeks there were like super, super ridiculously, stupidly busy mm. with like the set coming out and the preview event that I was handling most of, and like card previews that I was handling most of. And also, I traveled to PAX and also London, and then also learning how everything worked and like, you know, the simplest things like filling out timesheets and learning where the bathroom was, <laughs> all of that combined. And then it was just like, oh, didn't make an AMA. So. Yeah. <laughs> also, I moved. There's a lot of stuff going on, but now it's calming down, so that could happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think I think the community would appreciate that. Uh, I have to say, as far as where the Reddit goes, I have been like, look, there have been a lot of people complaining about the uh, the nerfs, but I've been super proud at the dramatic increase in shit posting in the last week. <laughs> like, some of the funniest things I've ever read on Reddit have been posted in the last week. Yeah, that uh, that one thread about like how the deck types see themselves versus the other deck types. Yes, probably one of the best memes that I've seen. I really... highest, highest voted com uh, post ever on the Reddit. I really liked that one about yeah. the nurse. Is it actually the highest voted of all time? Let me check. Yeah. Really wow. Is. Wow, it's not even remotely close. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on. No, well, okay, so Tesla Cardbot beat it. Like, hi, everyone, I'm a bot that links cards, but I need some karma to avoid the spam detection. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Man. Beaten by the bot. Feels bad, man. I need CBH. to post, hi, my name is Charmer. I'm not a bot, but I need the <laughs> karma to avoid the bait. I need karma for my uh, 
just just my positive emotions throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. See, okay, dude, did you see? Okay, I I answered a a question on the uh, Aska, um, the Aska Reddit thing where it's like they look for people who you know meet certain requirements and they're like ask like ex felons of Reddit like what was the hardest thing for you to adjust to getting out of prison? I was like, Oh, Hey, I have some insight into this. So I, I posted like two sentences about how I ate everything with a spoon for a while. Cause I wasn't used to using a fork. It was, uh, I got 46,000 karma from it. It was the comment of the day. And I got Reddit gold. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, was Reddit? What is Reddit gold? I don't know. I mean, I thought like I heard about that. Cause I think there was some, some buzz on Twitter, but I thought it was going to be a better comment than like, Hey, I used a spoon. No, dude, that was it. It was the most innocent, boring thing I've ever written on Reddit. Well, and, that's what uh, people like. Yeah, I. <laughs> in, yeah, that's true. In my trophy case now, I have this best comment eight four twenty one eighteen. It was the highest voted comment of the day on Reddit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I got Reddit so, gold once from yeah. the Legends community. I don't even remember what it was now, and I don't know if there's a place I can look that up. But somebody gave it to me for something. Nice. It was probably one of my, like, novel, like, hey, guys, let's be semi-reasonable comments that I usually type, but... I've yeah. always wanted to be that one guy who, like, has a funny tweet on Twitter, and uh -huh. it just happens to go viral. Yeah. But then I realize that it'll never happen because all I post about is card games. <laughs> well, don't you, on your YouTube channel, you have some video with, like, 150,000 views or something like that, right? Something from... I do. It is a Roger Furlong comp uh, compilation I made from long before when I long before Legends existed just from Veep because Veep is a great show and I was looking for a Roger Furlong compilation because he's my favorite yeah. character couldn't yeah. find one so I was like hey this sounds like a good way to spend all weekend and <laughs> uh, come through every single episode and made it and people liked it but yeah oh I not guess, relevant at all <laughs> I guess it's uh something you can look up with uh gilding I guess I'm looking I got gilded posts I assume this is what I got my yeah my reddit gold for I uh it was when I was defending Unstoppable Rage a year wow. ago. I started I started with the sentence, I'm going to go ahead and make a bold statement. I think Unstoppable Rage is a well-designed card that's good for the game and not in need of a balance change at this time. And then I did my typical, like, I write a novel thing. That's that's, that's what I got my one Reddit gold for once. My trophy case has the five-year club and verified email. So, doing how, well. How the fuck do I verify my email? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't have that. <laughs> oh my God! I didn't even know Reddit had it. Like real talk, I didn't even know Reddit had a trophy case. So I'm sure I have nothing in it. I just found it. I'm so bad at all of the things I do in life. <laughs> my you're active in these communities has Elder Scrolls Legends and then Kaijudo, which I did not subscribe to and have only posted in like twice. So it's safe to say that I don't really do much outside of Legends. If you're yeah. looking for proof, that's it. My active communities are Elder Scrolls Legends, Ask Reddit, Eternal, Civilization, and Politics. <laughs> wow. Mine are... The last one is the, the beating. Mine are <laughs> Legends, Marvel Strike Force, Artifact, Paragon, and Gwent. And then right. uh, after that, it's uh, Shardbound, Eternal... Um, I'm kind of surprised it's not on here, but the community's probably dead. I, I was really active in a community for a game called The Culling for a long time, but that game is dead now. So, I like to peruse the front page for like funny cat and dog videos and pictures. But yeah, dude, me too. 
That yeah. all one, like the Reddit, that's like mm -hmm. AWW. Yeah, I like those. <laughs> <laughs> Just that description was really good. Like, yeah, I like those. <laughs> yep. I'd be shocked if anyone didn't, honestly. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> every like some of the some of the posts about the nerfs were pretty dishearteningly like angry. <laughs> like so uh, much anger. Yeah. There was there was a lot. There was a lot of things that just like sort of happened that like in comments that well I think they're the kind of comments that you read back and you're like, hmm probably not. You know? That'd be my Yeah. yeah like yeah. you know, like not to call not say anything because like, I've I've done that too. I've like overreacted for things, but like yeah, all right, so there's a nerf I don't agree with. Direwolf Digital literally does not play their own game. Well right. they do. It yeah. is an empirical like fact that they we do. know of at least one who routinely finishes in the top 100. Like right, yeah, like I, I know of at least three who have finished in top 100. Like, right, Matt Nass has, Josh Utterlayton has, Maricon has numerous times. They're constantly playing. Like I am not friends with Matt on there, but like Maricon and Josh are on very frequently. Mm -hmm. like, they, they play their own game at a very high level. It's <laughs> the thing. Right. Yeah, it's one of those uh, things where it's like they're they're just angry you know <laughs> yeah i mean you might not know who they are though i get it like his maricon's name is you know paul so it's different right. and like raptor and matt like you might not know who they are in the game but that's the thing they do play their own game yeah yeah i guess for me like the psa i would throw out in terms of like crit criticisms right because one of the most common ones that i saw was you know this nerf is a joke because drain vitality wasn't touched and this isn't just for card games. This is for life, people. Um, if you're trying to argue against something or make a point, something else deserving it more doesn't really help your case, right? The fact that Drain Vitality may or may not need an adjustment does not change whether or not, say, Nixox needed the adjustment, right? Saying, like, Drain Vitality needs a nerf, so Nixox, like, is a joke. Like, that's, they're, they're, not, they're not part of the same equation. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. You don't say like, well, you know, this guy murdered one person and this guy murdered ten, so we're not going to lock up the the single offender. You know, like yeah. it's just don't don't <laughs> fall into that trap, right? Don't I don't really do that. Agreed. I didn't really like hear the analogy, but I was like, yeah, he's saying things. I'll say yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll endorse that sentence. <laughs> I'll, I'll yes. endorse Charmer bringing up murder for the second week in yeah. a row. That uh, reminds me of last week, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last week's discussion about crime and punishment, where uh, Griffin was advocating for just killing a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not take a stroll down memory lane, but 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 no. But like in all seriousness, I just want to say like it as a, a, a like as a rule of debate, right? There are certain uh, like logical traps and fallacies and things like that that you can fall into, and that's one of them, right? Don't get stuck on. These other cards are clearly more broken because that's like not a defense of your card. I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. So, yeah. And yeah, it's like very specific reasons too. Like you can't like it's easy to if, if someone like that's probably a lot of the reason that vague responses are better. But well, I mean they're not in my opinion. But it's probably one of the reasons that they go over well because like as soon as you say something specific like hey we noticed the length of the games were an issue, then people are like oh they want all the games to be short. And that's really easy to take out of context. But yeah. just because one card was doing one thing in a certain round of matchups and that particular deck was a prop for the reasons at the same time and they decided that was the right thing does not mean that every 
every card whose purpose is primarily defensive is an issue, and that's not in there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Hey, you know, the crime punishment thing reminds me a lot of uh, when, Justin, you were talking on Twitter about, like, remember when the Bone Colossus was bugged, and you're like, we need to punish people using the bug, and I was like, we can't do that. <laughs> and, like, the reason is honestly kind of similar to, like, you know, yeah. why a lot of people are against the death penalty is, like, what happens if we make a mistake? Like, one yeah. mistake is too many because someone dies. Like, one mistake with that is someone doesn't play the game anymore and it ruins their experience and they get really upset. <laughs> That's a really good point that I hadn't, I had not made that connection. And, uh, I had not either because for some reason they're like very different topics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, there is a difference of severity there, but like, I do see your point. That's yeah. weird. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, I think we should probably, uh, <laughs> Fuck, dude, I hate being pointing out that I'm wrong about something. <laughs> I know you do, no, Justin. Like, I know you do. That's what I'm trying to. Because like, you might be right in the other way. Because like, also, there's no other way. Like, you, you basically, either like suspend someone or you don't do anything. Yeah. yeah in, yeah. in like real life, there's like a bunch of different levels of like fines and curl and like, oh, yeah. You, you got to go to Bone Colossus rehabilitation <laughs> class. <laughs> <laughs> You're only allowed to play Control Mage for three months. I, yes. <laughs> wow. And that'll just make everyone else have such a great time. <laughs> Yeah, so Shannara mentioned something uh, in chat that I actually want to semi-address. So Shannara says, the thing is, if you remove Guard from Manticore, games will take longer because they'll need more time to stabilize. Um, I, that's one way to look at it, but there's there's another way to look at it, right? Which is, there's plenty of times where I've played Manticora and I still just never attacked because even with the Guard, I was like waiting till I gained health because I didn't want to... Uh, you know, run into a lightning bolt or something like that. Whereas if you don't have guard on a Manticora, right? And you're sitting in this defensive position, you're now potentially as the control player faced with this decision of, you know, if my opponent top decks something with charge, for example, I no longer have a guard that's sitting here blocking it. So I have to weigh, you know, the game state of, can I risk being charged at while I hunt for my life gain cards? Or have I hit critical mass now in terms of like swinging the game in my favor and I need to attack now because I'm, I'm just more likely to get lethal. And I think that's kind of more what they were talking about because with the guard, it created a state where you could almost feel safe and you're like, okay, now I just need to get those other things to like piece it together. But with no guard, there's some inherent risk in waiting longer. And I think that the games where it was going to continue to go long, like where you don't go on offense, you weren't going to go on offense even when Manticora had guard. But in those other fringe games where you were on the cusp, you're more likely or you're more rewarded potentially for going aggressive in that state. Like, I don't yeah, think... I mean, there's definitely some logic behind it. Like, if you remove uh, one of the main ways to drag the game on longer, if, you're, if your only goal is to strictly drag the game on longer, yes, that will take longer. But at a certain point, maybe a change like this means that doing exactly that will lower your win rate more often than it did prior. So it makes something else correct. Like, yeah, yeah, you can make the argument like, okay, so now, now it takes longer. I have to just play more removal, more removal, and it takes much longer for me to get to the point where I have fully stabilized and can then finish the game. But they don't want that to be the only thing control decks yeah. do. So maybe sure. going choosing that route <clears throat> instead of saying, I needed to turn my opponent now instead of later that's what they want a little bit more of that a little bit less of the straight up stabilization so one of the best stabilization tools was hit uh in the the aspect of the card that was the stabilization enabler which was the guards essentially right. there is also the other side of it which i i always laugh when people talk about well the games will take longer but that's like from the assumption that you're winning 
Like, the other side is the games might not take nearly as long because there is no guard and that person now has the reach still on the board to just push through and finish you. That's another way of shortening games and also adjusting the win rate of Tribunal, which they said was high, right? Like, you shorten games yeah. by letting the opponent kill you. Yeah, I mean, like, and also Manticore <laughs> being fair, I think Manticore was fair too, but, like, just because a card gets nerfed doesn't mean it's overpowered. That might sound, like, completely stupid, but, like, it, it does relate to how the deck itself functions. It yeah. might just be enabling a certain line of play or a certain thing that just I think that's isn't legit. necessarily what they want, right? Like, Dark there's Rift. a lot of cards that are fine, but, like, Manticore was balanced well but it also saw a ton of play in a certain style of deck which is necessarily bad but then you look at it and like what it enables and what kind of play styles and decisions it enables and situations and how long the games it's played go on and you know just because it's balanced doesn't necessarily mean a change isn't beneficial yeah i even I, if that change is negative i think of old dark rift you know, two cost Dark Rift, as good as it was, I don't think was ever like so powerful that it necessarily needed an adjustment, but it was in a deck at a, it was in a lot of decks at the time that yeah. probably needed yeah, to be toned back, you know, like, I don't mm -hmm. think that card was unfair at two. And if they, if it ever went back to two, I probably wouldn't even blink, especially now with Dushnik, but you yeah, know, that's like the thing sometimes that, like, that, that card is, it was in every single aggressive blue deck and also a support that early with such a swingy effect can feel uh, very stressful and unfun very quickly, I think, for a lot of new players, especially who yep. don't have support removal all over the place and know exactly what to expect. So, yeah. And I don't think the new player experience is worse for people not getting Dark Rifted on turn one. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Hey, Erock3 says, Justin, I've been trying to make a good spell sword deck for months, so I decided to try your list. Just so over the course of the podcast, I've gone 7-1 in Legend, and it's a lot of fun. Hey, sweet dude. I'm glad to hear it. <clears throat> I need to give it a shot. I'm also glad to hear it. It's pretty fun. It's full of commons and uncommons, or commons and rares and stuff, too, so it's pretty affordable. Do you think it will eventually increase the level cap past 50? Definitely something that's possible. No news on that right now, though. Bring back Outpost. <laughs> as nope. somebody who used to play Outpost <laughs> for as long as it was like feasible and viable in any way, shape, or form, I kind of don't miss it. Is nope. it really that bad, or is it just the deck it goes in not being great right now? Well, the, what I, the, the the one thing I miss about it was that like I, I had a lot of fun playing um, Market Archer, and the deck got worse with the more expensive outpost, but not significantly worse. The deck was never great to begin with, um, but like having to face it in an aggressive deck is not something I look forward to. I would much rather play against Aggro than Market. That deck just always seems to kill me from like twenty five. Yeah, it's pretty good at that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Somebody <laughs> says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh no, fuck, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. Yeah. That's I think fair. this is a good place to call it and just move to the normal, like, transition out. We'll do an after party thing like normal, but end the official cast. So. Yeah. Thank you all very much for joining us for the show. Thank you, CVH, for being a guest. You're always welcome here. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, we'll see you see you next week. On the ladder. On the ladder. <laughs> <laughs>